0: It's a little matter we need to talk about.
1: Yeah, money, right? Well, forget it!
0: No, not money. Gray's Sports Almanac.
1: You heard him, girls. Party's over. Start talking, kid. What else you know about that book?
0: First you tell me how you got it. How?
1: Where, and when. All right, take a seat. Sit down! November 12th, 1955, that was when? November 12th, 1955?
0: That was the date I went back. That was the date of the famous Hill Valley lightning storm.
1: You know your history. Very good. Do you expect
2: me to talk? Hello, and welcome to episode ninety eight of Do You Expect me to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and with me, as always, are my good time-travelling buddies, Chris and Dave. How are you doing?
1: Bang up! <laughs> um, I'll make a point about that statement in a minute. I, 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 uh, yeah. Um, I, I I never understood what that meant, but I, 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 I've got it now, but I didn't get it, the good it
2: What I might do is I might travel back in time and add a little precursor before the recording started to say, listeners, beware. Chris is going to yell something
1: in your ear. Well, no, it was, it was batter up, right? It means batter the batter. Now, of course, when we have, we call them batsman over here in cricket. And so I, the first time I ever heard it was, um, uh, Mel Gibson says it to Patsy Kensett in Lethal Weapon 2. Oh, yeah. And it stuck in my mind because I didn't know what it meant. And I thought, bat her up. That sounds violence towards women. And then I thought it meant batter up, as in the stuff you put on fish, right? <laughs> so that that statement always confused me. But there you
2: go. No, but also in baseball, it's like batter up, you know.
1: Yeah. So batsmen savages.
0: <laughs> I I always see it as like just how how much, um, Biff just just seems out of his fucking mind. I mean, he plays. It, I mean, he he overplays it to such a degree.
2: He's crazy, like, isn't he? He's actually crazy. That whole, like... You
0: know few, Yeah, Griff, sorry, I should oh, say. Oh, Griff even. yeah, sorry. Yeah. He's just Griffith. so, like... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, constantly in that kind of weird... Exa- I wonder my text over- tone.
2: Every time I get a text, it's going to go...
0: <laughs> over-exaggerated, kind of, sort of... It's not even a growl, it's just like a... Mm. It, it, it's it's almost if like he's got mechanic oh I suppose that might have been the He has
1: got it. some kind of mechanical implant. It's mentioned in the film.
0: Yeah. Some screws loose.
1: Effectively, yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: But anyway what, he's got Biff right But now, which film see? is that, Becca? <laughs> it's time to travel back in time again.
1: I'm sensing, terrible I'm, back again. I'm, 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 I'm sensing terrible doubt with Becca tonight, you know, because when she announced who she was at the start, there was like a bit of a pause, like she wasn't sure.
2: Well, I, I wrote the introduction and then <laughs> I thought, no, this sounds rubbish, so I can't do this. So I just went ahead and did the usual introduction.
1: To be honest, um, when does quality control ever come into our thinking?
2: <laughs> it comes into my thinking quite a lot. Does it? Yeah.
1: Oh. If it, it, <laughs> I don't want to overcompliment you, but it it doesn't show. Well, we do our best to uh, to, destroy to
2: undermine that, that. Yeah. to undermine it. So yes, we are reviewing Back to the Future Part Two, starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Lee Thompson, Elizabeth Shue, and Billy Zane, if you can spot him, and.
0: It's eastwood well, if you can spot him billy zane, if
2: he can he's spot
1: obsessed him. with billy zane i am <laughs> and it'll always be if you can spot him if we ever cover like titanic it'll be if you can spot well, him well he plays if a main, even a main character in titanic bits of the film. Well, oh. things, it wins well i think the heart, so.
2: so you know well we'll, we'll get boyfriend to, well one
0: day we'll get to like review like the phantom and it'll be like starring That's billy zane it. if you can <laughs>
2: spot <laughs> him but and he's a new character so it won't be if you can spot him
1: are you? Did you notice that Becca was desperate to say the words "Billy Zane" and "boyfriend" in the same sentence? <laughs> He's
2: a handsome uh, I, man, isn't he? Really? He, he is a handsome man. I know her. Very handsome chap.
1: Yeah.
2: Although I haven't, I don't know what he looks like now.
1: do not he? He looks like Billy Zane.
2: Probably the same, but older.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Um,
1: the last thing I will have seen him in was Zoolander.
2: Likewise, actually. Um, he did. I don't know if he still does, but he did do a. Um, a column, like a self-help column, in Empire, I think. Um, a
1: self-help column.
2: Well, not the self-help, but kind of like agony aunt. Really? Agony uncle column. Yeah, Google it. That it's there. Like it's a, a thing. That
1: sounds like a really fucking dumb idea, but okay.
2: <laughs> it was good fun. Anyway, the script, the screenplay, is Bob Gale with score by Alan Zemeckis and directed by. No, that's wrong. It's Alan not Zemeckis. Zemeckis. <laughs> <Is it> Alan. They <laughs> had a baby and merged. Okay. Scored by Alan Silvestri, Street, directed by Robert Zemeckis, and released in nineteen
0: eighty nine. Jeez, that's like four years. I mean, they they filmed this back to back with the third one, didn't they?
2: They yes. did. They did. Yes. Although, There's, did you guys, we'll did we'll any of you guys, bit. when watching this, obviously because they go to twenty fifteen and now that year has passed, um, did any of you kind of take a note of what they predicted and what's actually come true?
1: I think the point is they weren't really predicting. I mean, we'll we'll get we'll get to it as we go into the film. But I mean, the point I think. I'm trying to think which of them said it. I mean, when you talk about Bob and Bob, they're quite often interviewed together or talking on a commentary together. Uh, Well, not a commentary, but an interview that's used as a commentary. But they're also interviewed separately as well. And I can't remember which one of them said this. But certainly one of the Bobs said they never intended to go to the future because they never intended to make a sequel. And they said the problem with going to the future is you always get it wildly wrong. So we just felt that we needed to get there, make a load of jokes and get out. And that's effectively what they did. I, I don't think... I mean, for I don't think any prediction of the future should, would or should have flying cars in it because that's just never going to happen and you've only got to think about it for a moment to realise why. Um, so I just think they got in, made it nice and colourful, made a load of jokes and got out. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think if much of it did come to anything. Is there much from 2015 that actually made anything?
2: Um...
1: I suppose the I, I, multi-channel I, I, TV in a regard.
2: Yeah, I, Pepsi Max, I think, became a thing, but obviously that was in about ten years ago. Um, they haven't got Pepsi Perfect <laughs> yet. Um,
1: but I think. I guess the thing I really wanted, right? And it just words. what I, well, it's, it was. Was it no, was was no. two Thai fashion? No. Yeah, that right. never came in. I think it's a sign of, A, how unfashionable I am, but it has nothing to do with clothes. Uh, and, B, how lazy I am. Because the whole, whole idea of a hoverboard was, well, I don't like skateboard, so why would I want that? Um, I All I wanted was the rehydrator. I love the idea of going and buying a little teeny pizza and then in seconds it being massive and hot.
2: That's really cool, isn't it? That That's is quite love. a cool idea. I, yeah, I,
0: I, I remember before I have seeing that, it, I thought it looked absolutely delicious uh, after reviewing it after watching it now it looks so gross It looks so like
1: really yeah, bad Yeah, would you want to eat it? It looks sloppy doesn't it? They it's actually... Really messy, they, really sloppy, pizza Hut came it? in and built a kitchen on the set and they were just making pizza after pizza for take after take So nom, nom, nom. basically all of the cast and crew were just stuffing their faces with pizza all day oh, there.
0: Delicious. They'll yeah, be pizza it, for life though. Yeah, you'll be like, ugh That
1: might be the strangest sentence you've ever uttered on this show. Ooh, delicious. Put you off pizza for life, though. (laughs) Which is it, Becca?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would be delicious up to a point. You'd think, oh, yeah, pizza. And then after about a week, you'd be like, (laughs) fuck off pizza. you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, they, we'll go into some of the technical <coughs> making of this film. I mean, I guess the the one thing that, that sticks out, that like, yeah, we have a version of this. It doesn't look the same, but we have a version of this. I guess two things in the film that that stick out to me. Um, the multi-channel TV. Now, we don't tend to sit and watch nine channels at the same time, but pictures in picture and lots of different options. Yes, I guess that's happened after a fashion. I guess the other thing is, and it never gets mentioned when people say what we did and didn't get, um, is when he goes into the cafe he doesn't order from a person he orders from a machine albeit it's doing an impression of ronald reagan or whatever um, <laughs> you got <laughs> michael jackson as well but we can yeah be, be, be beef or pork um yeah and we, but we can do that now you can walk into certain mcdonald's in like service stations and stuff like that and just place your order by machine who's the, who's the other guy he was
0: contending with he tries to butt in
1: uh, that was the I
0: what what a random fucking choice. Well, he
1: would have been he would have been big news in 1989 because that was the year of the fatwa on um, uh, Salman Rushdie. I yeah. paused then because I've just been watching Curb Your Enthusiasm and I nearly said Larry David because that's a plot point. Larry David a fatwa put on him in that show.
0: But um, yeah, um, I need to the, I need to the... catch up on Curb. I'm not I've only seen like the first yeah. few episodes. Well, it, it, but... it,
1: well I'm, I'm not going to go into it too much here, but the whole plot point of season nine is he writes fatwa the musical
2: oh yeah i saw somebody else post about this on
1: facebook yeah um, fatwa, the
2: musical. Yeah. so
1: of course he gets a fatwa put on him in the first episode it's not the strongest season because it, it drifts to and from the point in a way that say the one when he made the producers didn't but um uh well yeah so the point is though 1989 was the year of the fatwa on on uh salmon brishti so H- ayatollah hominy was like back in the news quite a lot as well that year um so it's him and ronald reagan <laughs> all sort of max headroom style yeah again is the 80s the point of the 80s with it what well, am to max headroom i have no idea no. what was the guy called matt something there wasn't he yeah, the actor who played him but was a know.
2: sledgehammer the
1: big news for a while <laughs> okay. Fair enough.
2: That that's what it reminds me of, said Chama, the video. Yeah, it, it, it
0: it seems like I'm not the only one with the voice of an angel.
1: <laughs> uh yeah you are. <laughs> okay. I can't sing.
3: Okay. Anyway, oh uh...
1: that's how you do it. That was beautiful, Chris.
3: <laughs>
2: When's your album coming out? Uh never. Oh. Never. So you need to do a cover of Do you know how <laughs> Christmas trees <laughs> are growing? An album.
1: He'd be, that, he'd be the sort of person that like farmer bro Martin Squelly would pay two million and buy it and put it in a vault. <laughs> it would be worth that much and, and it would be also worth it to us to not hear it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes, the, the world just wouldn't be able to mm. take it.
1: So anyway, this film, uh, I, we got it in about November so it had been out a fair time back in back in that era. I This felt like forever. Now, I know time travels a bit differently when you're younger it's a bit sort of slower but it did feel like an insanely delayed sequel
0: well four years
1: is a really long time it is a long time now and it is a sign of the time when you're young it is is, is long it is a long time but this is part of my point about things like bond that like four years isn't acceptable because it's a lifetime when you're a child and i can pick on examples where it was a lifetime um and back to the futures chief amongst them now of course um and it was less than four years for me, because I don't think I saw it. I certainly, as I said last week, didn't really see it immediately. But um, I remember the build-up to this. I remember its working title of Paradox, and actually you do see that on the sort of clapperboards and that during, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, I remember being really, really excited for it. But I, don't, I wasn't expecting a sequel until one was on the way.
0: I, I, I remember seeing this um, rented on video when it first came out. And, uh, and and then I think I remember, it's Back to Feature, well, it gets Back to Feature 3, like, followed afterwards. But, um, yeah, I, 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 it, was, it was kind of funny because I think I watched this youngish. How old would I, would I have been? Eight? Well, when
1: it was released, you'd have been about six. But if you didn't see it in cinemas and saw it on, like, video a year or two later, yeah, seven, maybe eight. Maybe seven, seven or 82. Seven, eight Hang eight, on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I've got your year of birth wrong there. Sorry, you were seven when it came out yeah because you were born 82 so yeah 82 yeah um, so
0: it would have I forgot been... you
1: I forgot you were the incumbent Batman
0: yes that's... Uh... why do you think yeah, I've been being... so busy all this time uh...
1: yes. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Joker keeps like fucking everything up me, he's 35 Batman's always 35 Chris is Batman this year yeah
2: he is Batman so... shh quiet
1: First time. First, to know. Uh, first time, crime, it's coincidentally the first year crime rates have gone up since the tournament oh. oh, that's now. true. well so,
2: not done your job properly, are you? Come on, sort it
1: out. Yeah, so well, you it,
2: Becca,
0: it, 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 it depends on what the classes' crime uh, crime rates. That includes all like right, all, okay. a, 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 a amount of criminals being beaten up by a uh, targets so, have so, shifted, someone, right oh what
2: you're bat. saying
1: is you're doing a better job because it's actually vigilante beatings vigilante beatings
2: have gone up <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you see
0: so like don't, don't always believe what you mean I have to say
1: you misunderstood the term beatings oh no
0: beatings um but, yeah sorry. but I, I, but bless me at a young age I always thought like um when, when it actually finished that uh, they just stopped watching it I was like no keep on going it's not finished yet <laughs> <laughs> because because of how it ends it's yeah. kind of like well, that's not an ending well come on keep going keep going <laughs> yeah
1: um, I, I just I don't wish for a world where we didn't have the internet at all I mean you take the rough with the smooth the way people talk to each other on social media and Twitter and everyone everyone's opinion being absolute now and nobody listening to each other there's plenty about the internet I don't like um, but you know Stuff like this and us knowing each other, you know, it just wouldn't have been possible I'd have been sat here now without the internet epically fucking bored.
3: Mm. So
1: I'm glad it exists. But one of the things I miss is Just the element of surprise because back to the future Two came out I had no idea whether it was good bad or indifferent because I hadn't seen reviews despite it having come out in May in America I think it was May anyway. It could have been July. I'm, I'm, I get confused between that and three sometimes, but it came out in the summer there, and we got it in the autumn anyway.
3: Mm.
1: So I went in not knowing. I mean, you get coming summer nineteen ninety at the end. We had no idea. No idea. There was an audible gasp in the cinema, and you just Ooh. think you couldn't do that now. Yeah, they're uh, modeled by Becca then. <laughs> um,
2: sharp and take a breath. But no, yeah. you couldn't do. You, no, you really couldn't do that. I mean. I think, you know, remember the days of the Bond films where it's like, James Bond will return in, insert name of film here, um, longest Bond film title ever. Um, but I think now you, you do have to have that level of anticipation to build up um, build up interest, definitely, yeah. especially with the with the internet as well. Um, well, you just simply really can't do that. But, um, yeah, I well, think it was, well, it, came it was a complete shock
0: to everybody. If it was honest, these days, I would say James Bond will return maybe if, Daniel when, we can, when, when we're, we're
2: not
1: tired anymore, and we <laughs> uh, got no As long idea as
2: he's still going. going well, <laughs> we, we well, yeah, we'll yeah, we
1: we'll return. To a a of years. We'll return a couple
0: when Daniel's finished his run on Broadway and Donald he's wanted to, and maybe get some menders back. Question mark. Uh, but he, yeah, he will return.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, so you, you didn't get that uh, sort of type of surprise. Now, now. As years have gone by, obviously I've seen a lot, I've seen all the special features and commentaries and God knows what else that goes with this film. They were asked, they were approached about doing the sequel, The Two Bobs. And they both said, and I've heard them both say it separately and sort of together, that they had one question, or a two-part question effectively. Michael J. Fox on board, Christopher Lloyd on board, and they said, if we get those two, we can do it. If either of those can't do it, we're not doing it. And that was literally all they said, We'll come up with something. Um, obviously, they were both on board. And then they submitted, I believe, a 170-page script. And it had pretty much most of 2 and 3 in it. And the head of the studio, and I don't know if it was still Sid Sheinberg, four years in this game a, a long time, so it may not have been. But let, let's just say it was. Sid Sheinberg said to them, I'm not greenlighting the most expensive movie in motion picture history because this script was massive. So they went away, stripped it back, cut it down and came back with basically a cheaper script that said, okay, we can't do, uh, we can't do just this film for that money, but we can give you two films for, I think it was originally, it was gonna cost something like 70 million. And what they said is we can give you two and three together for about 90 uh, a year apart or six months apart in this country. So two and three sort of came out of the writing process that they ended up wanting to do too much. If you watch early interviews on the set of the first one, they're asked where they would go if they had a time machine. And Huey Lewis says where he wants to go because he's around on set filming his cameo. Michael J. Fox says The Old West. And I do think that might be where the idea took root. Um. So that's how we we ended up with these films and we'll talk about some of the casting in a minute because there are changes Um, but yeah, they they ended up with a very very ambitious script now I have read an alternate version of back to the future 2 Where they go back to 1967 or 68 or 69 I forget which but my gut feeling is 67 Because I think that was the year marty had to have been conceived So again, there's an element of fighting to protect his own future life, as there was in the first film. And they just retconned it, that, or they didn't retcon it, they originally wrote it, that Biff gave himself the book then, at like the age of 30 or whatever it would have been. So it was very peace and love, lots of hippie jokes, very sort of just pre-Woodstock. It's not the greatest of scripts. I've read it, I think it would have worked. But it was just during the process of redrafting and talking it out with people that they thought we have a perfect opportunity to go back inside the events of the first film and watch them from from different angles, and I think it's inspired that they did so.
0: Uh, yeah, I I think the film really comes alive at that point where it actually goes back to, um, back to nineteen, 19 uh, fifty five. and you know, I, um, and part and part of me thinks, am I. Am I really enjoying this bit is it, uh because it's a really good idea or am I enjoying this bit because I'm almost reliving the original so I always kind of question that but I do think that in itself is a really good idea I would have thought you can kind of say if they had a good idea for the future do like you could do they could have done a film in the future or or a film in the west kind of it's just kind of what they wanted to and then go gone back to like the original and played with that idea there um, that might have worked. I, I think. I think this film's a little bit of a mess. Uh, it doesn't work as well. I think there's a lot of red conning, just to kind of get them to where they need to go, and then get them to the um, the next film, which is set in the Old West. So, I, 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 it's not about its problems, but I do think it is enjoyable, though.
1: Well, I mean, just to sort of my opening thought then on the sort of quality of the film. Um, when it did come out. Now I don't. Now, the thing is, we didn't have like three hundred odd r- reviewers on Rotten Tomatoes. We had yeah. like Barry Norman, whatever newspaper our family read, and we may pick up one or two things elsewhere. And I don't remember Barry Norman's review of this, but I remember it by association in that he re- when he reviewed the first one, the third one, sorry, and he was positive about that. He was drawing distinctions from this, so you could read that his review of this wasn't good. I always loved it. I've had quite a journey with this film. Because I think there was a, even a period and it would have been a short period where it might have been my favorite of the three because it was kind of so ingenious what they did with it and and you know looking at things you've seen from a different angle and so many ideas in it. The problem is years have gone by. Some some of them are sort of stylistic. I mean Michael J Fox Looks, he's gained a little bit of weight. But when you read his autobiography, he was drinking quite a lot at this stage, and you can kind of see it because when you drink a lot, it goes on the face. Um,
2: you kind of got the onset of Parkinson's, as well, haven't you? I mean, I not oh, think he, he was diagnosed.
1: He was diagnosed two years later. He yeah, so it's sort of early nineties. Um, they're saying about
2: sort of motor skills and things like that, riding a bike and. But, yeah. and you know how to use a hoverboard and stuff like that but yeah, it's like no, you, you i, mean, can I don't
1: think it to... there's a problem with his performance i really don't oh God, I no, I but i can tell the difference between him this week and him in the first ones and i can every time i watch the film
2: no it does stand uh, but, out you, but i, I mean my, I, my problem with the film is that it tries to handle too many storylines at once well,
1: um, just, yeah i mean the, the the point i was i was going to make was exactly that that as years have gone by two things have have started to bother me about the film. The first one is, yes, it's trying to do too much. And on the one hand, you can go, look how much they've crammed in. But on the other hand, you go, look how much they've crammed in. There's
2: absolutely
1: no need to be trying to do everything like they do. And we only get a third film because it just spills over into it. You almost feel like if they could have done the third film in 20 minutes, they would have done. Um, and consequently, the two films are really unbalanced because this is at breakneck speed and almost not enough happens next week. And it and it feels kind of stayed and, and a bit stuck in one location as a result. But I think my second biggest problem, and, and it's really come on in the last two or three years, is the film is just way too broad. The film is just so broad. I, I look at it, Elizabeth Shue, who I think is a pretty decent actress in a lot of things, I always remember her in Leave in Las Vegas before anything else. But she's really broad. And there's a couple of scenes in the film, you know, the, uh, when they see when she sees the older version and the way that the exclamation before she, they fall to the ground, uh, the bit where she's got to hide because her future family are coming home and she does this big spin before going under the stairs. It's really big and really broad. And you forget now that if you just had the first film, they didn't all play their own relatives you know, Marty's dad was Crispin Glover, not Michael J. Fox. Mm. And you watch this film again, and they're all identical. You've got uh, basically redos of the same scene. And it's not rhyming like, like Star Wars films, or even sometimes Bond films rhyme. It's literally putting the same thing in a different setting. And you just think, well, Biff, Griff, you know, come on, really, Griff, call him something else. Have him played by the same guy, if you really insist. But actually, it would have been better if you'd just taken your cue from the first one and toned it down. And by the time Michael J. Fox comes in playing his own daughter, you're thinking, this, is, yeah. this, is, this is not great. And when, if you were to just watch I mean, 2 and 3... It just
0: why was it not just Elizabeth Shue just playing a daughter? I don't yeah, understand it was,
1: that. Anything, you know, I mean, anything. Yeah, Elizabeth Shue, for example, they look like their parents, fair enough. But, you know, it's all a bit... Broad, and it's all it seems to me that it's partly showing off the technology because for the first time we will talk about it through the film they were able to have actors uh, with themselves in the same shot rather than over one shot with doubles and all that sort of thing you can see it now the way the camera pans looks kind of artificial but you know it, it's a good idea in its way but You've then got Marty playing himself. Sorry, Michael J. Fox playing both Marty and Marty Junior. And Marty Junior is ludicrously whiny, and the only difference is I don't know if you've ever noticed he's wearing brown contact lenses when he plays younger Marty. Mm. Marty's son looks slightly different than it's the eyes, Mm. Uh, but he plays his own daughter, and 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 then you know you're insisting on having. We'll talk about Crispin Glover in a minute because Crispin Glover's not in this film.
2: No, and I do. I've got a very fun fact about him and how he okay. tried to sue
1: Yes. Okay. Afterwards. Well, we, we won't talk about it during the film then, but Mark, we'll talk about it perhaps at the end when you do fun facts. We'll expand on it then. Yeah, But definitely. Crispin Glover is not in this film and we'll talk why in a minute. And you think, well, don't have the character then. But instead they have a double with a different voice and have to put him upside down. Now, I'm talking now suddenly like I hate this film and I don't. I think it's ingenious and I'm kind of glad they made it. But if you read a Wikipedia description of the first film or you saw some key scenes that maybe you're going to see the version of in this film, like Biff getting knocked out or something, and then you watch two and three, you probably wouldn't have a problem. But if all you'd ever known is, say, Back to the Future for like 30 years and I suddenly said to you, actually, they made two sequels. And here they are. I think if all you knew was the first film, whereas we we were still in childhood when two and three came along, I think you would have a problem with how broader issue. Go look how cartoonish this is.
3: Yes.
1: Um, and I think the Biff character is fucking ludicrous in this film, as is Griff. But for all of that, I'm gonna say some really positive things as we go through it, because there's a bit of script writing, it's still pretty ingenious, but it's not it's not this lithe, lean script that the first film is. It's ridiculously over bloated, but at least it had ideas, and, and for that I'm grateful. Becca?
2: Yeah, definitely, as I was just saying earlier, my only, I mean, there are a few technical issues as well, um, but I, I would agree, Dave, this film is a very ingenious film. Um, it's kind of It's known for being ahead of its time and using all the cutting edge tricks of the trade, every trick in the book, In terms of visual effects, how it goes, and I've got a fun fact about one of those towards the end as well. Um, I think it does struggle at times because you're balancing so many different timelines. Um, I think sometimes it is is, quite—it's not as lean as it was. It's quite saggy. It's quite baggy. Um, But performances are great. Um, Makeup again is amazing. Costumes um, and how they predicted 2015, and was it Jaws 19 or something directed by Max Spielberg? Um, so, there's lots of funny predictions there about the future, some some of which or none of which came true. Um, although, the way we're going, probably we'll have George 19 or whatever it is.
1: Well, we um, haven't had Jaws 5 yet. No, was, but it's probably going to get that 4 4 way. So Sharknado
2: is heading that way.
1: <laughs> the whole point, that does back up what I was saying, though, that they just said, let's make a load of silly jokes because. Yeah. Uh, they would never have got Jaws 19 if they'd still been making Jaws films. It's just well, no, that's, it's just a silly
2: number isn't it really so um but it's one of the things you know you can have fun with films about the future you can either do it quite seriously and say right okay judging by these scientific advances how would we be living our lives in the future um or you can just go the other way and say let's just record to the wind and say we'll have hoverboards, boards you know two ties and all the rest of it blah 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 um, but on, on the kind of on the plus side, um, I do enjoy this film for its technological advances, um, and yeah, in terms of its script and brilliant performances as well. But on the minus side, it does try to juggle too many plates and doesn't always succeed. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much how I see this film in a nutshell. Um, okay. so let's discuss this film in a sequential fashion.
0: We start. We start from the um, where we left off. Really, I mean,
1: we do. Mark, Mark, of Mark, course...
2: literally
0: just got back.
2: Although we can't but, really do it in a sequential fashion because it hops back and forth, back and forth.
1: But, well, we can talk through the, the sequence we'll do our of best. the film, obviously. But um, of course they had to reshoot this. Now, the reason they had to reshoot this... Now, I think because Michael J. Fox looks more different than you'd imagine. I mean, he aged really well and he still looks good now. And actually, talking to Curb Your Enthusiasm, he had a tiny cameo in episode nine. And it's really funny because he was in episode season seven or eight. I forget which one, though. but anyway... Um, He aged really well, but like I say, he didn't become massively obese or anything like that. I don't want to overstate this, but Michael J. Fox, when you read his autobiography, which I did years and years ago, in the couple of years that led up to his diagnosis, he says he was drinking too much. And I think I can see it because I know what drinkers look like. If you compare the first film to this, he's fuller in the face. That's the big giveaway. Now given that you're going to go straight into the second film it's probably wise to reshoot that bit anyway but the major reason they had to reshoot it oh and they left his hair slightly too long which does annoy me but anyway the reason they reshot it is jennifer has has been recast now we had claudia wells in the first film her mother was taken ill i think it may have been breast cancer but her mother was taken ill anyway so she had to drop out and she dropped out of acting for years she now runs like a a boutique on like, you know, um, like a, a fashion uh, brand, uh, Claudia Wells, but um, yeah, so they cast Elizabeth shoe instead, which funnily enough, I've seen Elizabeth shoe in a lot of things since over the years where I think she's really good and really appropriate, but something about this role, the wig they put her in, the clothing that she's had to inherit from the first version of the character as well with those weird coloured pants and stuff doesn't look good. I don't like the Jennifer character in two and three.
0: They don't do anything with it though. Like, I, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think it's down to Elizabeth Shue in her defence. It's, it's a lot, a lot of it is just down to like poor writing. Like,
1: oh, I mean, I can't back that up because obviously they said we had no idea. People, people always said to us they were saying, you know, where, where is it? You would have gone, or where was it? They did go, or what happened next? And they said we don 't know it 's just them going off on their next adventure, and they said the biggest giveaway is if we were to have planned the second film, Jennifer would have been in the car. Mm. It would have just been Marty and doc, so consequently, as soon as we got to two thousand and fifteen, we had to kind of get, get her, rid of her as much as get possible. Rid of her as soon as possible so you 're right chris
0: and, and, and also what really bu- I mean what really bugs me straight off the bat here is when 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 doc's like saying like oh i, I couldn't have uh take take uh yeah I, I, I had to get you there I, I, you know whatever i didn't have time so it's just he's just to grab her and, and, and take her with us for the meantime or the meantime she's like they, he knocks her out using like a weird new gadget thing and you just, and and then he rushes Marty in this like new planned thing that he must do it's like you're in a time machine what's the fucking rush why don't you sort of... Marty right Okay, we need to do something. Something happens in the future. Let's plan this thing statistically, forbatim, like, you know, let's go through it. Let's take our time. And then when we go back, we know exactly what we're doing.
1: I mean, it's not as silly as the line in Terminator Genesis, because there isn't a killer line that makes you go, oh, that is so dumb. But it's not actually any smarter than we've got to get to the future as quickly as possible, yeah. which was the line in Terminator Genesis. I laughed at so much. You're absolutely right. What's the fucking hurry? Let him have a week at home. He hasn't had any fucking sleep, really. I mean, he got in in the middle of the night. You dropped him off at 1.30. He's got up in the morning. He's been in his living room for moments. Gone outside, picked up his car, and then you've turned up. Let the guy, like, fucking rest for a week.
0: And and, and, also, and also, like, with with the Delore- flying DeLorean, like, in the middle of the day of a, of a of a suburban road. No wonder, like, Biff was say, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just a bit, uh, that. Sort. Do you know,
1: I, I misheard that for years because um, uh, one thing I will like, because obviously you get, we've discussed the scene at the end of, because it's the end of the scene, the scene that's at the end of Back to the Future. But uh, there's a couple of slight differences. Firstly, if you're looking, you can tell Christopher Lloyd has like something on his face, which he's later going to rip off and that wasn't there in the first film. The other thing is, They say, what, do we become assholes or something? And they've put a beat in this time. There's a bit where he pauses before he replies that wasn't there in the first filming of the scene. And it is because he's not quite sure what to say for a second because Marty does screw his life up. But, of course, they get into the car, take off as they did in the first film. And then, of course, Biff runs out and says, Marty, whatever it was he says. And then beautifully, as Thomas Wilson always does, changes his voice straight into bully Biff. But there's a bit where he says, flying DeLorean? I thought for years he said, my DeLorean. Oh. And I thought, Biff, I thought Doc had stolen that car from Biff. And then, of course, in the first film, Biff had had to drive George's. And I, I honestly thought he'd stolen it on the quiet from, from Biff. So I, I misheard that for years.
0: Ah, oh, that, 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 that would have been quite a... Well, that would have made sense. I mean, yeah. Particularly
1: as um, Old Biff sees it in the future. And, of course, he says the flying DeLorean again. And it sounds again like my DeLorean. Mm. Um, And and I thought that for years because he says it twice in two different timelines. But the one thing I will say is we cut straight to the opening titles from this. And I love that. The opening titles have such fucking speed and energy in them as we go in through the clouds. I love that. It's on the start of this episode. Well, it's... Feels like a Superman film, really. <laughs> you
2: know, it like, does look a little bit like Superman, doesn't it? As I was like just thinking, sp- it's just, just really fast and
3: music. Yeah, uh, you
0: know, like I was thinking, what would they really be in the clouds? Like so they just gone back in time and they go straight I like,
2: Back in time.
1: But I ben, mean, ben, I, I, it, it disappointed me as a kid when I went to see the third one. It had the really gentle music, and I was like, oh, there was so much. It, the second one was so much more exciting. Yeah. It was like, but um. Some of the uh, car effects, flying car effects, kind of remind me of um, Blade Runner a little bit. Uh, They don't look quite right, Mm. but the best they could do in 1989. But we get straight into, like we say, a load of jokes. And also, the one thing that did remind you of Blade Runner, and there isn't a lot, is the weather patterns. I I don't know if that is kind of like a climate change comment, because California is not known for a wild amount of rain, or much of it isn't anyway. And, of course, they are in quite... Well, very, very heavy rain when they get there. I
0: don't know. I mean, it's hard to really tell. I mean, it could, it could just be like a, a callback to Blade Runner.
1: Could be. Don't you know. know
0: uh, Maybe. But yeah, no. But I mean, actually,
1: this scene tells you why we don't have flying cars because it looks uh, fucking dangerous as hell.
0: And 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 there's still tra- and there's still like traffic. You're still like in your lanes and shit. So yeah, but yeah, yeah. He, so he's like, he's bringing brings Jennifer along. These sort of, there's a lot of like red conning. So they go. So he talk talks about what he has to do. Knocks Jennifer out. So I think what what it is about this first part is it just feels so rushed and so lazy when you compare it to the first one, which was which is one of the what, tightest what, scripts. Yeah, ever Yeah, really well written, and this just feels like just so just rushed and. And kind of mishandled and just kind of yeah, yeah, it's just just, just just get through it, just make up stuff. Yeah, that that'll do. Kinda of, kinda of thing. Uh well I think that that's what really lets it down. Um so but yeah, they get to Well basically, they 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 land on the you know, Doc casually I mean I, I mean to my honest, I don't know what the fuck Doc is actually doing. He keeps saying he needs to be somewhere. But I actually don't know why.
1: No. Uh, none of it makes a lot of sense because if you think he's picked him up from home and then they're driving for ages to get to Hill Valley, which we know is only like a mile or two because Marty walked it in the first yeah. film. So none of that quite works. But they drop in this alley. They've knocked out Jennifer. Jennifer with like an alpha thing it's basically to induce sleep rhythms or whatever it is <clears throat> whether and it is just a load of jokes from now on and it it's such a perfunctory thing they've had to go just to just, the,
0: just just leave her down an alleyway rather than like why just keep her a delorean
1: leave her in the car it's safer sure do you leave a woman knocked out unattended in a place with no great visibility and It's not the best idea. It's
0: going to be dangerous as well. I mean,
1: that's not just 2017 sensibility talking. That was true at the time as well. It wasn't the most sensible thing to do. Um, But all of this, all of Act One, feels totally perfunctory because the whole driving point of this plot turns out to be the sports almanac. This whole business about Marty's kid is just something to get us underway.
0: Yeah. And it's. Basically, retread of the um, diner scene in in the first film. You know, it's like we're barely fifteen minutes in. And it's not really earned
1: it, as it. It's not really earned this. Yet. And it's
0: like, okay, well, we're just gonna sort of re, you know, retread the 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 first film already. You know, we're just gonna sort of yeah, we're gonna go through like the the, the main go for the main sort of, um, the big, the greatest hits, but kind of like, you know, remixed. This
1: is, this, is, this is not the bit of the film that interests the writers, you can tell. Mm. Whereas I can't tell you with the first film, I mean, the chances are it all did and that's why. But if, mm. if you said to me, like, which bits did they really enjoy writing and making most in the first film, I don't know. I, I really don't know. Whereas here, I can tell this is just a the bit they've got to get done because they're kind of a bit self-conscious about being in the future to start with. Because they know it's going to be miles off whatever they do. It's easier to look back always, um, and so they do a load of stuff that they know isn't going to happen. Flying cars will, will certainly not with any kind of extrapolation of modern technology and us driving. It's never going to Probably happen. Maglev it's too, it's cars too at this rate. It's, too, it's too dangerous. Um, uh, inflation is is ridiculous. What ev- what what everything costs is especially in Zimbabwe. Hey, eh?
2: Zimbabwe inflation has gone.
1: Yeah, but I'm talking about California. <laughs> I
2: know, but I was just sort of thinking, you know, elsewhere in the world, they kind of, you know. <laughs> but no, the
1: point is, it was inflation did nothing like this film actually extrapolate. No, no. So, you know, they pay hundreds of dollars for like a taxi. So you have got hover conversions that ain't gonna work. You've got, I mean, holographic three D, and I guess that's there's something to that. But Jaws 19, they were never really predicting, and fashion trends, they just pick something a bit goofy and different. I don't think they, it was a prediction to say they'd wear their trousers inside out.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do like the idea of a jacket that dries you. That, That's that a see, good idea. That seems pretty nifty to me. Yeah, yeah
1: which, which came it. true in 2017 with Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Spider-Man <laughs> is now self-drying. Film.
2: Self-drying Spidey suit.
1: So, yeah, none of this is that great. You know, and it, and it is like him going, oh, power laces and stuff like that. But it is, that would be lit- useful. it is literally the first act of this film is just to undo the way they set this film up because they didn't think they were setting a film up. So they got to do something with Jennifer. And also it was something's got to be done about your kids. So they were locked into something about Marty's kids. Well, we're not going to care about Marty's kids, particularly. They're, they're, ju- they're just notional in 1985. So they've got to undo it as quickly as possible.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not that likeable, are they? I mean, Mar- I mean Marty Jr.
1: Well, they're still going to be assholes, even if you keep them out of prison.
0: Yeah. So still... That's the problem.
1: Yeah, I mean... With Marty McFly, we, st- we start this storyline, which is another thing I don't like, the whole chicken thing. Well, we won't go into it now. We'll go into it a bit later in the film. But clearly something happens to Marty, and you think, well, if you can undo that, he could be a great guy, because we've got to know him and he's a great guy. If you keep Marty Jr. out of prison, he'll still be a twat. That's the problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, partly that's just that that, uh, Marty Sr. is a screw-up. I suppose it's partly that. But even the character, I know he's a bit bitter in that, but when he comes over and he says, like, watching a bit of TV for a change, and I'm just thinking, that's mm. not an extrapolation of any Marty we know.
3: No.
2: But
1: um, did you notice the uh, little star cameo that wasn't a star at this stage? In the cafe. Not Billy Zane? No. <laughs> yeah.
2: Oh, yes, it. it's Elijah Wood. I, I don't know why you don't
1: mention
0: presence. Billy Zane. I, I would have thought that would be been facts.
2: I was gonna have a fun fact, but I thought we'll we'll mention um, Elijah Woods as, as we okay. get there. So it was gonna be a fun fact, but yeah, no, that's I think that's his first film credit.
1: It might well have been because the first thing I ever remember him in mean, was like North or something. North, yeah, and no, I think that was like
2: his first like on-screen credit, yeah, definitely. Was, yeah, um,
1: um, yeah, a yeah, fun fact. One, right. one of the kids at that machine—that's like a baby's toy—is um, Elijah Wood.
2: Yeah, it <laughs> looks so cute.
1: You oh. use your hands.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a good
1: yeah. One so again it's just lines isn't it really and you know little things like the fish out of water elements of humor are okay like the pexy perfect comes to him and he can't open it because he's got no idea how the containers of the future work um and that's that is a callback to the first film because all right he knows how a cup of coffee works but he didn't even know how to order something then because it was like he was ordering stuff that were wasn't from the era. Yeah. So yeah, the Fisher's water stuff works.
0: Also about opening the bottle as well. I didn't realise it wasn't. It was a screw top. It was. Yeah, to actually uh, old fashioned
1: bottle opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, that's right. Um, and then we meet Griff. <laughs> hey, McFly, don't go anywhere. I mean, he
2: sounds like. Yeah, he's a crazy, it. isn't
1: he? He sounds like Bob Cottrell, wait. Yeah,
0: basically.
2: He
1: does, a
0: little, yeah. Bit. I think so. I, I do. I do like Biff. I think he's a great villain.
1: Oh, I do. Um, Although they, they overcook him in this film, but yeah.
0: Yeah, he has, he has. As Griff, though is just a little bit over the top. As I said before, it's just, it's just a little bit. All right, tone it down. Jesus Christ, like what? You know, what's wrong with him just being like really aggressive?
1: You, and, you didn't need the sequence, and again, it's. It's it's I, the films. The films never seem to me, to this point, to be based around ten minutes time for another action sequence. Like I used to talk to about the Brosnan Bond yeah. and stuff. But this whole thing is just pointless. I mean, you did the joke about the weather. You did the joke about his face when he ripped it off and looked exactly the fucking same. Although they genuinely did need to take that off him now because of the old age makeup.
0: That, that 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 was another thing as well. I thought, okay, like, you have to like find a reason for a doctor not look old all the time <laughs> yeah
1: although I never thought he did look that old but no. then of course that was resolution when I saw it on the big screen yeah you can see it around the eyes and neck but um, the, the abolish all lawyers line all that sort of thing the holographic on the newspaper yeah. which is funny we've just abolished newspapers really um, <laughs> you know just read them on a the tablet but some of these things were, were fun but the whole sequence went on too long and not only that it's kind of predictable because we'd seen it in the first film so yeah I didn't love this I have to say but uh, even though I was always impressed by this film I didn't enjoy this bit that much at the time
0: no I mean it does it did give us hoverboards
1: though I guess well in in pop culture they're they're quite a big thing still people you know they're still the sort of holy grail of everyone wants them Uh, but not being into skateboarding at all I I couldn't give a shit give me the fucking tiny pizza that gets big (laughs) <laughs> um there you go even though it looks gross yeah that's that's the fat bastard commenting but um yeah it, it was okay some some of the effects don't let that go i mean the, the worst effect is when uh the is it the pitbull the the this hover bit griff's hoverboard um when he drops that out of the case
2: because it was gonna be called mad dog wasn't it
1: that doesn't look right actually that would have been quite a nice little in joke actually
2: I think it, it had a different name, um, but I think yeah, one of the fun facts <laughs> I was reading up on about the film, um, it was going to be called Mad Dog to segue yeah. into the third one with a West End setting.
1: West End setting?
2: No, Western setting, sorry.
1: Oh, <laughs> I thought you said West End, I was like, yeah. It, it, it's <laughs> yes, London the show. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of dinner. Um,
2: a bit of dinner and a show, why not? <laughs>
1: Yeah, I was quite glad when this was all over and and as soon as he went and bought the I mean I didn't I couldn't have predicted what happened and I didn't know what happened. But I think as soon as he went and bought the almanac I thought that's got to be key to this.
0: I mean what 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 did you feel about Marty just basically just being a dick all of a sudden? And and also the reckless nature of like having these conversations out in the open. And yeah. And yeah. uh, yeah
1: the only thing I would say is he was lectured all the way through the first film about not knowing your own future not attempting to change the future etc which is effectively the reason they say don't know your own future not you know so you don't change it Um, and then of course at the end of the film doc goes what the hell and it saves his life Um, so I can understand that Marty then doesn't think of it as a completely sacrosanct rule at the same time it doesn't feel quite right for the character to be doing this having said that he wanted that co- he is quite a materialistic character actually mm. but i don't know i don't know i'm still not sure actually i've got a big problem with the fucking chicken bit which we've just missed talking about because it has just happened marty continually in films two and three keeps getting himself into, like, not trouble as such, but keeps confronting situations he doesn't need to confront because as he's about to walk away, someone calls him a chicken or in the third one, yellow, which is the same thing, really. Um, And it doesn't ring true because that plot point wasn't there, that character point wasn't there in the first film. And it's almost like the idea that he sees a red mist, but that doesn't suit Michael J. Fox as an actor. He's seen red mist, what friendly old Michael it,
0: J. It, it, it makes him come across as stupid as well. It's like, you know, because... Well, his
1: it, IQ drops 80 points the minute anyone calls him a chicken.
0: Yeah, it, it, it's just, it, you know, it, it it it's so stupid because it's so clearly like, okay, well, I can get into to do anything. All I have to do is call him a chicken and he'll do it. Yeah. And it's just so, it's such a dumbest idea in the world that... Like, you just don't believe. It. You just think, "Oh fuck's sake, Marty!" Of oh, you know what? You know it's it's just kind of. What does it st- matter?
1: This is, I mean, really, oh, Christ! if you thought about this for a second? This is only a possible future human being. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is just where time may end up. Walk away. It doesn't matter. So I don't, don't like that plot point, but it's just too. So that I think that does create a problem because the whole point is, can Marty put his own life right? Well. I don't really buy his life's gone wrong, if I'm honest, because that's just not the way the character would have behaved. And yeah. if you're going to have that as a character point, if, the, if it had been consistent with the first one, had they known this was going to be the trilogy they were going to make, you don't cast Michael J. Fox because he's not the right character for the sudden sees the red mists and dumbly overreacts.
0: Yeah, it, at least would have established it in the first one. It would have been a thing that he did. That, or they would. It would have. Oh I can almost see it as a, as a as a way of like, you know, how he would have
1: done it in the cafe when when um when um George went to chat up Lorraine in the cafe. Lou, milk, chocolate, which I love as a scene.
3: Yeah, uh, it's kind
1: of skidding down the bar. We didn't mention that last week, but you know, Marty would have come in, tried to defend him. They would have both ended up being bullied or something. He would have tried to shepherd. George away, and then be called a chicken. You I mean, could have kept. You could have kept Back to the Future substantially the same film and f- thrown that in. You,
0: you could tie in a connection in terms of like it's more of like he doesn't want to be like his dad, who's a pushover. So whenever we'll accuse him of being like that, it, it's like yeah. something. He no, must
1: fly ever amounted he, to anything. He has changed pr- that. Yeah, yeah, or you changed you changed that line to Strickland saying something like no muck flies have ever had any guts you're all a bunch of chickens or something like that you yeah. don't grab life that's how you do it it's not that difficult but obviously you can't wreck on it at this stage and it doesn't look right
3: yeah
0: it just feels very much like, like a character trait that has just been forced in
1: to yeah, and yeah. even when i like this film more than i do now it always felt forced in yeah because when i first saw him do it and you got that little sting of music, which you get every time. I was just like, but, what, what, what's this? And then it leads to the bit of the film that I think is at once the most ingenious and the worst bit. Oh. Because basically, they, he buys the um, almanac, Doc throws it away. To cut a very long story short, Jennifer's been taken home. She's been found by a police car. And of course, it's all thumb and eye prints. So, they think she's Jennifer McFly from the, from twenty. Yeah. They take her home, so now they 've got to go and rescue her, and it leads to all these friggin jokes about them all looking the same and the needles thing he gets he gets he gets goaded into losing his job, which is just not what would happen with this character
0: yeah it, it's again again with the needles it's like as almost as if he's, he's a new character that just comes in as if like he's already like another like he's always been there. You know, it's like, well, we don't... We didn't see you in the first one. It's like, you know, it's like it's Flea from Chili Peppers. flee Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know, it's, yeah, and, it, and the problem is he turns up again, like, at the end of the, of the uh, next one, and it and it's, and it's almost feels like, oh, it's you again. But it's like, no, this is well, the, the first... Well, the thing is,
1: as well, we don't spend any real time in 85, uh, not in Mar- the original Marty's 1985. I know we get the alternate one. So we don't know if there's any... We don't think there's any Biff equivalent in his generation. So there's always a Biff bullying a McFly, kind of. Uh, But we don't know if there's one in 1985. So when we see Flea, Needles, we don't get the impression he's a bully, more that he's kind of one of the cool kids and and goads Marty a lot. One thing they did do is, and they said it on the commentary, that when you say Needles, this is from the third film, but I'll quickly throw it in here. When you see Needles at the lights with Marty, There's three guys on the truck with him and they're one of Biff's gang members from the three different eras. So there's one of his 1955 gang, there's one of his 2015 gang, the actors, and there's one from 1885. Mm -hmm. And I think that's almost trying to retcon that Needles is kind of the Biff of that era. It doesn't work.
2: No, I think that is a bit of a, I didn't, I never spotted that before actually. Oh, Um, I did. I think this this film is retcon all over.
0: So it's not Billy Zane if you can spot him? He's not incident, uh, No,
2: it's more, uh, more like 3D if you can spot him, but it's more like, you know. <laughs> uh,
0: I know, I mean, that, that that's the kind of impression they kind of give, and it just feels, I mean, again, it just feels like, well, he should have been more established then, shouldn't he? You know, it... it, it you
1: know, but I think but it, what can I think, you do? They yeah. You know, when they say, oh, we never wanted to make a sequel, I think there are people out there who probably think, oh, that's not true, and actually all of this stuff we're yeah. picking out is... Evidence. Evidence. Yeah. It doesn't make it bad. We're making it sound far worse than it is. Back to the Future Two is is a well, it's a really fascinating sequel.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, you know, as I was, was going to say, it, you know, it is, it's, it's not terrible. You know, if anything, it is watchable with some good, interesting bits and some poorly done bits. But it's following. Uh, it, but it is following like one of the greatest films ever made. So it's it's good. by comparison. It, we're going to be kind of sound like we're going to be negative on it. So uh there we are so we're um we're at the um fly household and everyone's wearing two ties and and uh no one looks like elizabeth shoe apart from elizabeth shoe and (laughs) that's very strange
1: and also they age terribly 47 year olds do not generally look like this particularly Elizabeth shoe when she gets home it's like fucking hell she looks about 60, 65.
0: Especially when in the future where everyone can have, kind of like, really sort of well-done facelifts and get, a, you know, like... I, know.
1: I suppose he's meant to be relatively... Because po- that's another thing that does rhyme with the first film, The Lion's Estates is being built in the 50s, and it's meant to be, you know, the new modern American house and the, the American dream, own your own home here. And by the time it gets to where um, Marty's family own it, it's owned by a guy who's, like, a bit of a loser. And I think like I think um, Hildale's meant to be the same. That in 1985, this looks like it's going to be an amazing estate. And by the time you get to 2015, it's no longer quite the dream. Mm. They've got a smashed window. They're they're being spoken to. She's being spoken to by the police about security and taking precautions, mm. particularly in this area. Um, no, where Biff,
0: Biff gets told like sort of you know, be careful. It's a rough neighbourhood. Yeah, and
1: he's an old man by that point as yeah. well, so you don't want a 77-year-old man around here. Um, but I don't really like this sequence. I liked it at the time because it was so like, wow, how did they do that? And basically, I mean, I can't explain everything about how they did it because I don't know everything about how they did it. But you basically repass. You keep everything in the same place um, because I, they had a bit of a panic at one point because there was an earthquake overnight. Uh, But nothing had moved on the set. Everything had sort of stayed in the place. They'd sort of stuck it, thankfully. So it is about multiple passes in the same place. But I just think if 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 it wasn't, look what we can do, I'm not sure they'd have done this scene. You know, if this had been a scene with Let's say let's flip it. Let's say Marty McFly is the head of the household, and his daughters are played by, let's say, Wendy's Joe Sperber, his sister from the first one, or and his sons are played by like uh, Mark McClure or um, or even Crispin Glover if they got Crispin Glover on yeah. on board. So I don't think you, this scene would have gone on so long, and and they talk a lot in the commentaries about how they made sure, because they shot it a certain way and people were saying, you're only shooting it that way because you're showing off the technology. And so they deliberately went back to shooting it like a much more traditional scene. But I still think the reason this scene exists the way it exists is to show off, look Michael J. Fox is playing three people in the same scene. Because it's too long and utterly fucking pointless. Because the only point we need, remember the first film, advanced plot or character in every scene. Yeah. The only point to this scene is Marty's not that happy, so the bit of him playing the guitar and not really being able to do it, and the bit of him being fired by needles is all you need. The rest of it's a waste of time.
0: Oh, he gets fired in the in the most great in the greatest way possible, isn't it? Like the most stereotypical angry Japanese man.
3: <laughs>
0: You're fired <laughs> yeah.
2: There's
1: actually two bits of this film that are racially Insensitive that yeah I this is think a little of. bit
2: you can look at it now and, and cringe you just, oh,
1: really? we'll, come, we'll come to the really obvious one I just thought he later. gets a
2: fax item like, on
0: all different rooms saying you're fired that, like that's how quick it is it's not just like oh yeah well no due process no nothing just literally like yeah you're no.
1: fired. yeah I mean traditionally, traditionally as far as I understand it it is easier to fire people in North America than it is in say Europe hmm. but even so I wouldn't have necessarily expected it to be like that some kind of fraud has taken place. Um, none of this reflects very well on Future Marty. And whilst you think yes, he might be bitter and twisted, he's still married to the love of his life. He's still got two children, and he's still supposed to be some extrapolation of the Michael J. Fox we've car- we've, we've followed. Mm. And yet he's he's now done something criminal that I'm not quite comfortable with. And where well, we I just think actually a lot of this film's a bit of a betrayal of the characters
0: well the problem is though it's all meant to be led to like this incident that happened because someone called him chicken um, but, but we've never seen it. we're always kind of like told told about it in passing like in in almost like as like background noise or or yeah. like, um, almost so it never feels like a point that's been head on now. I don't have a problem with like sort of putting adding in details here and there but you know it it just feels very much like it maybe you should establish this a little bit better
1: yeah, because um, is it is it, a, is it a problem he can ever ignore? Has it happened a lot? Is it is it just that one accident? Or is his life continually ruined by being chicken? We see him fired, but I mean, it, chicken is an insult that seems to be thrown at him and his, his offspring quite fucking regularly in this film. So how is he even still alive if he overreacts like this? But also the the worst thing about any of it for me, and again, it's a film that I like a lot more than is coming across here, but it's that whole show don't tell thing. Now there are films that break that rule and get away with it. Inception's a really obvious example that a lot of that needed to be explained to us. But we find out about this, we find out about the car accident by Lorraine explaining it to one of her own fucking family who's related to him and would know this story within earshot of young um young Jennifer. Well, that's lazy. That's lazy. We shouldn't necessarily know it was an accident.
3: Yeah.
0: We
1: should, you know, find another way to tell us that. Or when, when that reverses the firing and everything else, maybe Doc explains that at the end, that that was actually the moment we could not tell you. I don't know. I, I'm not a writer, but I, I don't like the fact that it comes out as a data dump, and that's my problem with everything in the Hill, Hilldale scene. The only plus to it is Biff following them. I quite like that as a cartoon. Yeah, I thing. would
2: agree that it's a bit of a data dump, I would say.
1: I like Biff's cane as well.
0: Yeah, that's kind of... things. Everything's all sort of heavy-handed, like, as a plot point. Oh, he he he, he smashes the cane in, so it's there to to give them a clue that it was Biff. You know, it all just seems very much like, like, oh, well, he, he has to do it that. He has to do this, that, to do that. way. They mean, don't
1: every... bury the lead at all, do they? No.
0: I mean, I I, mean, I do like um, how Biff comes out, like, feeling unwell. I mean, there was a deleted bit where you see him almost, like, curl up and fade away. as if he's, like, completely changed.
1: Yeah, I mean, in the, in the cut of the film we get, uh, it still leads to the question, which has been answered, as how did Biff come back to the same 1985, and what's wrong with him? And of course, because he's a 77-year-old man, you assume it's the sort of stress on his body of the time travel and, and he's having like a heart attack or something. What it actually is, is time is changing around him or he's fading out of existence because that time will disappear. But it takes a while to filter through. So perhaps by the time Marty and Doc are running to the DeLorean... It's already different people in their house at Hildale. It's changing around them. Yeah. But you, But the thing is, that's all being explained in commentaries and stuff, because the film doesn't quite do that. But it does mean they head back to 1985. They go home because they've got um. They've they've saved Marty. They've got Jennifer back. They can't. They've saved Marty Jr. They've got Jennifer back. So they're going home. To the next racist bit of the film.
0: <laughs> the next racist bit next racist yeah let's have one racist
2: bit to
1: the other
0: but i think it's, it's well, very much is, is it a racist though like you're sort of sneaking into a black girl's room like, yes yeah, it's, you know, it's not really it's not, racist it, no, it's just it's, no, it of the day it's
1: not the sneaking into a black girl's room it's the fact that that's become more of a hellhole than it was that estate and to prove it you've put bars on the window and now oh, now it's something black people can afford Mm. That's what it is. It's the fact that it's now not white middle class; it's black rough working class. That's racially insensitive if you think about it. And yeah, it's not overthinking it, Chris. That is racially insensitive, but I don't think it's deliberately racist. No, I think it's I think it's it's a shorthand to to suggest that that area has declined in the new 19 eight version of nineteen eighty five. But when you're proving it's declined by putting bars on the window and then putting an African American family in there, you've done it the wrong way.
0: I, th- yeah, I think. I think. Th- I think. I think you have a point. Uh, I think. I think. I think you're you're right in what you're saying. To, but I don't think they. That's what they were thinking. I t- I, I, no, I, I,
1: I don't. I, I think it's racially insensitive, not yeah. racist. They yeah, yeah. different things. One is yeah. we didn't really think about it, and the other was the other racist would be. How do we show this area has gone downhill? Put a black family in there. Racially insensitive is putting a black family in there with perhaps the realities of the economics of the time. Yeah. And not realising, hang on a minute, this does look a bit dodgy.
0: Uh, I, I think there's also maybe, I don't know. No, I was going to say that there's the extra sense, um, sensitive view of like Marty going into the room and finding himself in there and then like being like oh shit uh, you know having that reaction also there's a little call back to the first one where where he gets caught in the the, the farmhouse remind me a little bit about that as well
1: yeah and also how, how he gets into his house when he gets home he sort of goes in the back way not to offend anyone sort of climbs you know wake anyone climbs in the window that sort of thing um, She's she's very mad on Michael Jackson this girl It's all Michael Jackson posters, (laughs) which is funny because the film's set four years before this one is, that it was actually the sequel was released, which feels like a long time when you're a kid, so it's already sort of set in the past. But, of course, Michael Jackson was a different colour by the time this film was released than he is in those posters because it's like uh, Thriller era Michael Jackson.
0: But, you know, Michael Jackson was popular anyway, so... I'm Michael sure.
1: Jackson stayed popular right the way through the 80s and most of the 90s. So, yeah, that's absolutely fine.
0: So, yeah, so he he, fa- he finds himself like, what, what the hell's going on? And but that then, like, was the other
1: thing. It, it's, it isn't just, because you could go where the whole area's been, but, uh, you know, he comes after him with a baseball bat and he and he starts saying, we are not going to be terrorised. So they, they've they obviously been trying to be, like, forced out of that house.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's the, the stuff about the sort of, like, you know, he almost, like, says he's, like, from, like, the... The the landlords. <laughs> uh, what I
1: suspect, what I suspect, given Biff, as we find out in a minute, has knocked down the courthouse and stuff. Yeah. I suspect Biff, Biff wants to build like uh, casinos there, or something like that, or yeah. brothels, or god, basically good time area. He wants to build there, probably. That would be most likely. So of course Marty gets out of there, and where does he go next?
0: Uh, go
1: straight to docks.
0: No, well, doesn't he find himself, like...
1: Oh, no, 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 he goes to the square, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he he, he sees uh, Strickland, yeah. He calls himself a slacker.
1: The school burned down in 1978. There is a deleted scene where we see it. Obviously a model, some sort of model work, All but right. it, it's quite well done because you've got him stood by, like, some fencing, and in the background is, like, a burnt-out school, burnt-out remains of the school, but they cut it because they said, well, we, we've already got that information from Strickland. It's a bit heavy-handed. Like, yeah. now spotted heavy, you spotted heavy-handed well done <laughs> I quite like the strickness scene though because it just makes it seem it does make it seem like a city that's completely under siege
0: yeah because he's in like a bulletproof vest and a shotgun and there's people like firing machine guns at him so he just
1: yeah for fun
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: and then of course Marty, Marty gets away from there gets into the square and again it's another data dump but I quite like it I do like the video of the history of Bill you know Biff Tannen mm-hmm. the greatest resident
0: uh, you also get like oh, uh, in, like a sneak peek in, into the third film where you see, uh, Buford. yeah, Mad Dog, Mad Dog Tannen.
1: Yeah, Buford Mad Dog Tannen, the, um, the
0: fastest gun in the west.
1: So what do we get told here? We get told that he won at the races where in 1958. Yeah. So 21, he became a millionaire overnight had a big running streak, which he put into a company called Bifco, which I think is an amazing name for a company. That's a great
2: name, isn't it? Yeah, It's
1: great, isn't it? And I love the fact that he married, you know, it shows him with a load of women, some lovely Photoshop. And Thomas L. Wilson is such a great actor. Just him with Marilyn Monroe and the look on his face, it's just great. Because he can play any age as well. I just love it. But I love when he marries Lorraine, not only does he, like, stick his tongue really, like, visibly into her mouth, but before he does it, he says, third time's a charm. And, he, and it, so the video is going on about how it's the love of his life. But it's already, like, his third marriage. And he's only in, like, his early 30s at that point.
0: Uh, I know. But it's, it's, it's just how uh, uh, the rain just looks. she's completely
1: defeated as well. Completely just, like, not happy at all. I just want to say, God bless America and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a great piece of filmmaking. I mean, again, it is a data dump but they've managed to paint this place as a real hell on earth. I mean, I've often joke it's like Pottersville, and yeah. it is because it's an alternate version of your hometown, but Pottersville, and I'm joking, because Bedford Falls is way more charming and I wouldn't necessarily want a load of strip clubs and that, but as much as it's an extrapolation of humour, there is a part of me that looks at it like Pottersville and go, that looks quite a vibrant, fun place. <laughs> you wouldn't think that about. You wouldn't think that about nineteen eighty-five Hill Valley, would you? Well,
0: it's all just factories, is it? And factories, and like, they got your big hotel slash casino where Biff lives, and uh, everything else is a, a shit all, really.
1: But the vi- but I love the video. Some thought went into yeah. that. It's really well narrated. It's got that kind of touristy kind of sound to it. I like it. And of course, they knock him out and take him back, and we get a re- repetition of the joke from the first film with yeah. him wait. Come on, you're so goes, big. <laughs> that is that is a chest piece I, I don't think she got it from Ricardo Montal yeah I was going to
3: say <laughs> but it is a chest piece
1: Cause I, I would always look at them and go fuck I didn't know she was built like that she isn't <laughs> Um, it's horrible because she's a very different build from in the first film because she was overweight as the unhappy 1980s Lorraine and a drunk here she's like tons of plastic surgery to look a bit better but she's back to drunk lorraine again and it's awful and then biff comes in screaming
0: yeah uh, basically balding balding Donald biff Trump. well i don't know i don't think you know he hasn't there's got,
1: quite no, i'm not saying he, is he hasn't Donald got Trump, quite, quite the uh kind the of hair piece. Like, it, it's not a scrumpture lesson, a wig <laughs> uh, no it's, uh, it's it's just this is
0: a jumped up asshole really i mean he's just my he' a
1: real asshole but it it's just a wonderful piece of like just the, the just the the costuming he's very very alpha male um Ta-
0: tackless. he's he's got the, he's the taste of Donald Trump in terms of his taste but yeah, yeah. no uh in terms of being tacky but yeah in, in, but but it's just out of the whole... outwardly aggressive like
1: I know, but it's the, whole, the taste of the place. The whole place is like leopard prints and stuff mm. like that. It's really... Tacky.
0: It's like Del Boy. It's Del Boy. It's
1: very Del Boy, actually. Um, there's certainly certain eras of Only Fools and Horses where some of those literal patterns were used. Um, but the other thing is, he's having like threesomes in the same apartment as his wife is, without obviously his wife being, say, a consensual yeah. partner. So it is totally an ego run amok because he's had 20-odd years of being able to live like this um, and it's, it's just completely... It's made him completely grotesque even though I think they've gone too far with the character.
0: Well, basically, he's been in... He, he's essentially the, the big fish in, in that small pond now. He's, 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 he's had so much money and he's basically just sort of like bought... Basically bought the area and, is, and, and just used his money... To, for having that power and making everyone basically fucking everyone else over so the only reason why he hasn't gone out of business is because he's, he's just that he's made himself that rich through the betting
1: the other thing is the other thing is we, we find out a bit later on that he was at least complicit in george's murder we'll get uh, we'll get to the george's murder mm-hmm. bit in a minute cause I almost didn't want to sort of reveal it but we've got to sort of do that to talk about it um, but the the police obviously didn't uh, investigate it that thoroughly yeah. he's knocked down the courthouse which you would think is whatever the equivalent of a listed building is over there that implies he's got courts and the police in his pockets yeah so he can do whatever he wants so he can beat his wife he can beat the stepchildren he can get them fitted up on drugs charges as he threatens to do with Dave um, he can do whatever he wants
0: yeah he can sort of take away all their uh, the, 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 the bills Finally, got like got... so whilst
1: I've Long had a sort of print theory that, like, particularly men tend to behave as badly as we're allowed to behave. Um, this still seems a, a gross exaggeration of what any version of Biff would become. He's a petty bully. Uh, here we're are implying murder and things like that. I, th- yeah. I think that's pushing it.
0: I I always thought I always thought that, but then there was a thing. I mean, we we do go back to um, we go to back to fifty five. Later on, and we see Biff just. But basically, he comes out of his grandma's house and he and 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 he gets the ball that like some kids are playing with it and he's like seized with them and he goes like oh yeah, yeah well, you know basically just basically has being a dick for the sake of being a dick and just like throws the ball on the roof and then then like tells him to go get it and walks away and laughs. That's kind of like all right that. There, there's a part. The problem with Biff is he enjoys, basically being a dick, because he is that, you know, so I can understand how money might go to someone's head, like, over the okay. years.
1: It's not a massive problem. No, no. I don't sit there, I didn't sit there ever thinking, well, what a gross betrayal of a character, but I just go... Yeah, it oh, is it's a
0: huge, as, again, it's just a huge a jump, you know, it's like, because, again, it's, it's an info dump. It's like, all right, so we, we imagine...
1: You either accept this, we're going to tell you this, and you either accept it or you don't because we're not really sold it, I'm tempted to say no, I don't buy it because George McFly hit him once and was his bitch thereafter. This is a bully, a classic bully that, you know, he blows over in a stiff breeze, really. I'm not, it's a leap. It is a leap. Having said that, it makes him genuinely intimidating in all of his scenes with Marty in this timeline.
0: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, he kicks... He basically tells Marty to piss off, essentially, because he's supposed to be somewhere else. So Marty goes to...
1: Well, before that, uh, he disappears out. Marty then says, I don't know what's going on. Where's George McFly?
0: Yeah. And then find out that George is dead. He died. He was shot in
1: 1973, which is around the time uh, Lorraine married Biff.
3: Hmm.
1: So basically... uh, Although it does say, firstly, it's on the newspaper because it has to use Crispin Glover, it uses a picture from what is clearly 1985 at the end of the first film. And it also says he's a famous author when actually his first book was um, published in 1985. So again, it's all like struggling around what we have. And again, they're minor points, but I noticed them at the time, and it was like, okay, all right, couldn't you have just done something else? But anyway, um, he's been murdered, and Doc Brown was committed. His place is all locked up. There is no, like, Einstein there or anything like that.
0: Yeah. Um, so he goes to the grave and goes, no, it's
3: not true.
0: I mean, it's almost kind of like It's a Wonderful Life, isn't it? <laughs> but, I,
1: I think, funnily uh, enough, his brother. The, the first one, totally in quality, very much reminds me of It's a Wonderful Life. But actually, when I start saying to people, Oh, it's just like it's a wonderful life I prove it with examples from this film yeah yeah Yeah, you can imagine him turning around and saying Harry died all those men on that ship died because they all died because you weren't there Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry yeah see it's the same scene it's the same basic principle but but then we then we get Doc give us a data dump but it's quite effective the way Doc just draws the line on the on the board yeah and just says it skews off here, because actually, you are dealing with a mixed ability audience watching this, and there will be people in the audience who will think, "Oh God, they've got to go back to 2015 then and get stop him doing the book," and they address that. So that's actually a good bit of writing.
0: Yeah. So they, then they have to go. Okay, we have to figure out when did he get the book, and conveniently, and conveniently, if he got, Marty goes, well, I just go and ask him and, he, and yeah. he goes oh yeah I'll, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you the whole story of how exactly I got the book and then uh...
1: and it happens to be like a, a fairly remember easy to remember day yeah he he, he doesn't go and see him and he goes oh, I don't know I was about fucking 17 I think I'm not sure
0: yeah <laughs> but, it, but it is quite clever so I've just picked up my car after getting cleaned up from the uh, I thought I thought he got hit by a manure, manure truck
1: I rolled yeah. it in a drag race
0: yeah 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 my dad told me
1: and then he just pauses and goes uh, before he died he's still got wonderful comic timing of course the first thought that springs into your mind he leaves enough of a gap that you go wouldn't he have been about five at the time and then he just spits out oh uh, before he died and it's like yeah that doesn't make any sense but Biff lets it go but that's a guy thinking yeah. on the hop that's, not, that's good writing not bad writing yeah, yeah. but then he tells, he tells him the story of how he got it from some freaky old man yeah, he, he yeah, couldn't,
0: yeah, couldn't see a relation, a relation in it. <laughs> um, and yeah, so he just tells him like the whole thing and then decides, like, oh, well, he did tell me one thing. <laughs> uh, he told him if, he, if any, like, a, a weird old man and a kid and ask questions, questions about it to kill him, essentially.
1: Yeah. And I never thought it'd be you. Well, why would you?
0: Yeah. But then he pulls out a uh, snub and tries to actually kill Marty. <laughs>
1: yeah I don't know what to think of this to be honest with you I mean you're putting some tension in the bit on the roof is genuinely creepy when he catches up with him
0: especially with the dressing gown as well just just something about yeah it's it's still just just become a,
1: he's just become a monster mm. yeah and he's sort of
0: like yeah yeah, that's it do me a favour jump it all uh, it'll, you know nice and clean like suicide almost
1: what did you think of the alternate 1985 Becca
2: mm hmm yeah, it's a bit dodge, isn't it? Yeah, it's not somewhere I would like to live, really. i got well, I don't know, because you're into the nineteen eighty-five that we had. Hmm. Yeah, not a bit, not a big fan, really. Um,
1: what about the writing in this section of the film, though? Did you did you find Biff overdone, or did it work um, for you?
2: Yeah, I think it, it was a little bit. I I just generally find Biff and Griff mental. Just I mean, not not trying to you know slap labels on people or anything like that, but just like really.
1: They're fictional. I wouldn't sweat it.
2: No, definitely like worse than they were in, and worse than they were. Worse than both was in the first film. Um, I think that's what you know, that's what makes them stand out as like really memorable movie characters. Um, everything about the first ones you've got like, Doc Marty and you know everybody else and also Biff Tannen, definitely one of the most memorable movie bullies for sure. And Greff is pretty much more the same but dialed up to eleven T stupid, you know. Um, as you were saying earlier, pretty much like Bobcat Goldwaite. Um yeah, this isn't really a place that I want to live. Um and he was saying earlier it's basically like, like Pottersville village, you called it from This Wonderful Life. Um it's pretty much all gone downhill. Um but yeah, the writing it's okay, it's a little bit O T T. Um and you know, kind of lots of more again, listener scenes kind of don't really um advance kind of plot or character, so it's to make everything kind of more absurd. Um, but it's it's okay. It's serviceable, um a bit crazy, but yeah, it's like I think the whole idea here is that like kind of like the more things slip away from Marty um you have to kind of see how how it kind of declines i guess um as it gets you know gets claws in. but um yeah, it's a bit a bit cheesy but as I, say, I, yeah, did,
1: bit I I didn't do any time checks on this i and I wish I had now because there's just a, a there's just a feeling in my mind that we're whipping through this at a fucking ludicrous place. Because we've been to the future and they've gone, right, we've got to go back. You know, we, we go to 1985, that's hell. He goes and finds out his dad dies. He goes back, Biff tells him the story. We have a bit of a shootout. He runs away. They jump into the car. It's now we've got to go back to 1985. And it's like, fuck, how far are we even through this film? It's, it's, a, just... it's actually
0: shorter than the, than the first one as well. It is a little, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it's just like it, this is this is whipping along too fast. So it's never boring, but yeah, no, they cram way too much in.
0: I, I guess they just kind of really want
1: to get to, um, to yeah, 1985 to kind of this... Because is just... that's the bit that's given them their mojo. I've seen the 67 script and it's okay. But the script for this, they've gone, oh, we, we we found we could go back into the events of the last film. That's the bit that excites them.
0: Hmm. And I, I think that's, that's the best part of the film as well. Oh, I agree. Yeah, By it's... a long distance. Uh, it's, it's when the film kind of starts to actually pick up, even though it does. It, it is only uh, literally the last third of the film, uh, mm. about half an hour, even or something like something like that. So.
1: Oh yeah, it won't take us that long to get through it at all because it's all the scenes we talked about last week, sort of looked at from a slightly different angle. Mm. We see a we see a few new things, like we see Lorraine go to pick a dress up. Yeah. It was kind of nice to see 50s-era Leah Thompson again, or 50s-era uh, Lorraine Baines anyway. Um, but we see Biff literally being almost like aggressively, kind of, like... What The one line that didn't ring true there, and of course we know that he just did in the concepts of this film. But he shouts, one day you'll be my wife, and I'm just thinking... What? That does not ring true from that character. That
2: doesn't. No, that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? That's a very odd line yeah. of dialogue. I, I don't know. Maybe,
0: maybe I it. maybe it's just because I'm taking the history of the films with me as I'm watching. Yeah. But but Biff, yeah, maybe. but Biff always did have like a liking for Lorraine. ring. Like, did. He always. But kind I mean, of... I've
1: got likings for lots of people and crushes on. You know, I've had crushes in the past, certainly, and it doesn't lead from that to. Yeah.
0: But, you know, he never seemed to have eyes for anyone else, uh, particularly. I don't, don't remember him no, sort of like... No,
1: that's true. It was all focused on her. Yeah. Okay. Um, but but... one thing, and I can't remember if it's a deleted scene or not, or whether it's in the film. He's arguing about the cost of his car, isn't he? Yeah. The 300 books. The guy he's arguing with is called Terry. And 60 years later, he's the Save the Top Clock Tower guy. Yeah. The old guy with where yeah. you, where the, the old guy in old age makeup, which I always wondered why he was in old age makeup, and he's waving the save the clock tower. You know, that is the guy who fixed.
0: Oh, the other flyer, yeah.
1: his car. And, and
0: they still not fixed it in the future. <laughs> All that technology, they almost fixed a fucking clock.
1: Well, but yeah, it, they, they're but just it, still
2: it, broken as well.
1: But it's just it's part of Hill Valley history, and it's just don't knock it down. Yeah. Why you'd have to save that with money, I don't know. You think these things would be listed?
2: You think know, the council again, would, would
1: sort it out? Well, you know, you see buildings that are of any sort of historical value, and they get listed. You don't have to keep raising money to save them, unless no, they're I don't unless know they're in whole. danger of falling it down, of course, which is different. But yeah, okay, all right, fair enough. Yeah. They go looking for Biff because they've got to get this almanac back. Yeah. When should we actually see him get it from his. Does
2: the Bond Let us know.
1: Yeah, I don't care, let's be honest.
2: <laughs> I do, I'm quite interested. I'm, yeah. sure, there is, I'm sure there is a we, way to do it. We, we, see, we see old Biff, like, sort of,
0: I mean, we both get Marty and old Biff, like, looking uh, looking at Biff. Uh, what's striking me is a bit weird, or, or I don't know if it's, like, a different camera beat, because he, he's older now, he kind of reminisces, he's like, ah, oh, manure.
1: Uh, I, remember more, I remember that. that. Yeah, I think yeah. it's the fact that, all of our memories are recreations, always. You know, when you remember something, it, it's kind of you almost recreating it in your head. Yeah. To actually be there with sights, smell, sounds, people and everything like that on the day, it just must feel incredible 60 years later. It isn't 60 years later because he's gone back in time, but he's 60 years removed from it. Mm. So I, I've never read it as any more than that, that you would go, oh, wow, look what I'm seeing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would get that. It's
0: it's, it's OK. It just, just strikes me a little like, funny how he goes like, oh, yeah, that time I was publicly humili- humiliated and covered in shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you
3: know?
1: yeah, I guess. Oh, memories. <laughs> but he's about to change the kid's life, isn't he? So yeah. So I, I guess it's OK. I've always liked Biff's car. It's really cool. I kind of like, I wouldn't want one necessarily, but I love those old 50s cars. They look really cool. Mm.
2: That, does, that was a really cool car, to be honest. I do like it a lot.
1: This film is very fond of its data dumps, so we get uh, we get uh, the whole point of the almanac, what it can do, explained with a timely example on the radio.
0: Yeah, not that I actually needed, we needed we the audience needs to hear, but I guess it needs to be explained to Biff why why he would believe it. You know, like why would he be like you fucking crazy old man? Why would I fucking? Yeah,
1: believe? as much as you think, well, we don't need to know as an audience, so why do we need Biff to be told? It is rather fantastical as, as a as a concept, so I think we kind of need to see Biff yeah, get it. Yeah, I think we do need to because, see it.
0: Because he is that dumb and that belligerent, he, he, would, he would probably be that. He would go piss he up all He would chuck man.
1: it away, which he kind of almost does a couple of times. Yeah. So I'm kind of all right with this, but we have it all explained. He's now convinced, and Marty is locked in his, his carriage.
0: I loved how the um, it keeps co- it almost keeps coming in possession of Marty. Like he throws it at the back, and it's like literally that like Marty can easily just grab it, and then yeah. okay, so but then old Biff just grabs it back. and Say no, we have to keep it uh, safe and locked away. You <laughs> know, so little things like that really I think kind of really work for this film. But yeah, Marty is basically locked in the shed now.
1: The best thing, the best bit about this is. Um where he's told to dress inconspicuously and he rolls up in, like...
0: A leather
1: jacket. A le- leather jackets <laughs> in an era where... I mean, bear in mind, I know it's a few years later, but when Happy Days came along, which is set in the 50s, yeah. the Fonz didn't wear a leather jacket for the first series. Because it was too... They. Yeah, because le- leather jackets were seemed to be, like, you know, what troublemakers wore. Yeah. So in the 50s, him rolling up in all leathers like that would stand out, particularly as it's... It soft. Actually, it's not. It's November. I'm wrong on that. But it's a nice day as well. So, yeah. It would look a bit weird. doesn't quite work. but uh, It's nice as yeah. a little visual joke. And he's trying to stay in touch with Doc. And Doc's... Yeah.
0: He looks a little bit spy, doesn't he? Yeah, he definitely.
1: Yeah, he does.
0: Yeah, so basically... So then what?
1: He basically has to wait in the car until Biff comes out that evening to go yeah. on to the dance.
0: Well, he waits for... Um... Uh, Doc to come and save him but but uh, Biff is basically goes to dance before Doc can come That's up, right
1: because so. but yeah he turns up on a bike or something. It's mm. like what well, I don't know, what was he gonna do? Give Marty a fucking crossbar <laughs> I
3: <I'd>
0: never <laughs>
1: thought of that before. It's like what's what's that? <laughs> okay.
0: And, and and also I just wondered like well what, what what's Doc been do? is is the problem with the film like the amount of times Doc's not around. He's just like oh I'm doing stuff. Never explains what stuff he's actually doing. think yeah, <laughs> Well
1: I nearly asked a minute ago and then I realised the film hadn't really thought about it. (laughs) (laughs) I nearly said to you, what's Doc doing all this time? And then I thought, no, the film's not thought about it. So Chris won't know because there isn't an answer.
0: (laughs) No, there's not.
1: (laughs) So he's just trying to get this book. They head off to the dance and he's basically in the car while it all happens, isn't he?
0: Yeah. uh... Nearly
1: grabs it a couple of times, but Biff puts the radio on and picks the book up and Sees it working. Uh, not a lot of sport happened in the second half of the 20th century, judging by the thickness of this pamphlet.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. There seems to be like one every hour. Go, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah they're, they're, whenever you put the radio on, sports happening, but it's all in a book that honestly, uh, you've seen thicker Mister Men books, I think.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not a really big almanac, is it?
1: No, it's not. But anyway, it works for the plot. It's okay. You can't have it as a big fucking tome, I don't suppose. But yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe it was just like all nicely one line sort of date. um,
1: date So then the key key thing is watching the dance, isn't it? From a different perspective. Like Marty passes by the car. The other version of him is in with Mm. Jennifer. Not Jennifer. Yeah, it is not Jennifer. Lorraine. And you know, he says to him, um, When I've got kids, they'll be able to do what we want. And you hear him say, Can I get that in writing? And he agrees with himself and things like mm-hmm. that. Not fantastic jokes, but just a nice idea of being, you know, in the same space, but doing something different.
0: Yeah, like going back on yourself almost.
1: It's kind of. And, um, he, and he can't interrupt it. He cannot interrupt it because he has to be able to play Johnny Be Good and all the rest of it.
0: And also. And also, you know, see like other aspects, like or what Strickland was doing, and and, and where and Biff do, being where Biff was, where where and other parts, you know, like before we got to the car bit and after that. Uh, so, we, so we see, we see him like sort of into in, in, like we see him, like slipping like booze in the punch, um, you know, and, and stuff like that. So it's nice to have, like have a few little add-ons for in depth.
1: I have to say, I did like the ooh la la joke as well.
0: Oh that what book. what oh yeah.
1: Well, it's it's covered in the almanac sleeve, but they're all passing around very 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 soft porn, basically. <laughs> um, that's kind of funny because Marty eventually gets his hands on it, and it's like ooh la la.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of believable, then, isn't it? Because you just think like, well, he would think, oh, I don't know, if I take the sleeve off, and yeah. I can pass this like dirty mag around to the lads. <laughs> yeah uh inconspicuous um uh, he finds out the the mag is is not there then he's like panicking like so oh. biff's
1: got it and he's thinking well where the hell do how do i find biff <laughs> and then he remembers where they are and what's about to happen yeah hey you get your damn hands off her, we here
0: And <laughs> um, yeah and then he gets um punched out again which is just as satisfying as it was when we watched the last film
1: yeah, Jeffrey Wiseman played... Um, obviously, there's lots of inserts of Crispin Glover, and we'll talk about that after Fun Facts, but Jeffrey Wiseman replaced him. If physically, he doesn't look like him. Physically, he's too slight and everything. Uh, so they do quite a lot to hide him. Vocally, he sounds a lot like him. though. Vocally, it's not a bad impression when they have to redo dialogue and stuff. Mm. But, yeah, he he steals it. He steals it from the knocked out Biff's pocket. And then you got that guy with... I think he stole his wallet... And the goons go after him to try to get it back. But, of course, they see him on stage, so they think that's the same guy. Yeah. So that puts that at risk. They nearly knock him out, that version out, before he can go back to the future. And it's just hugely convoluted, because I feel like I should be explaining this a lot more for anyone who's not seen it. But actually, the chances are, A, you have seen it, and B, it's not really that important. The film is massively overcomplicating this.
0: Yeah, but it's it's nice to sort of like have the you know difference. but you know we sort of we never never think like those where those guys are and they actually think they're actually just by the stage waiting to beat the crap out of him. <laughs> uh, and of and
1: course it, they weren't there the whole time because this is like a rerun of yeah. the thing, but they could have been because the original Marty never saw them and we were following the original um we were following the original Marty. Yeah. So this could be, this could have all happened in the original version of Back to the Future and we still wouldn't have seen yeah. it.
0: The only thing difference is, is, is that he noticed them coming off stage. He's like, mm, that's weird. But that's it. That's the only real difference, really. Yeah,
1: but even that, he wouldn't have remembered it yeah. two minutes later. It's just somebody went, oh, right, and then just carried on. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, this is all alright. Um, obviously, because you don't have the same swell of of the orchestral bits from Alan Silvestri behind Earth Angel. It sounds nowhere near as impressive this time. <laughs> but they did get the same band back and everything. That was cool.
0: Yeah. My mother gay's cousin's brand. Um, so then we sort of uh, meet Biff outside because uh, Marty takes his time by observing his interaction with his parents. He goes, oh, I remember that, even though you kind of like, well, time is off the essence. You want to get, you know, Get out of there. He, he got the Alamac, uh, but then he bumps into Biff. And Biff challenges him, to, challenges him to a fight, and he says no thanks, and he calls him a chicken. Um, and it's uh,
1: just like, oh, God, it, that wasn't a good point. So every time they re hit it, it's like a bum note. It, it's it like, really is. like you know, The song's playing, and then suddenly you hear, you know, and it's like, oh, God, every time we hear this chicken thing, I don't like it. You I mean, partly because you don't like it, you, just, you like
0: Marty too much for him to do it. It's like, oh, Marty, don't do that.
3: Oh,
0: you know, do you know what I mean? There's a little bit of that that makes you think, oh, fucking Marty, don't be so... Don't be this
1: fucking stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you've you done what you needed to do. Yeah. And he's actually got the book on him. Yeah. That's the thing at this point. And like, you know,
0: you, you think, you know, any, like... You think in that situation you would think I'm not fucking taking any chances. They, yeah, that yeah. that would like no, this is a this is a risky situation to be in. I got what I need, I'm just gonna get the fuck out of here as soon as I can. Um, but no, he sort of goes, nobody cutting in, him, gets himself knocked out by himself, funnily enough.
1: Yeah. I mean if he'd literally walked away, he was home free. Yeah. The moment that door hits him in the face and he falls over and reveals that there's a book inside his jacket. Yeah, really, really stupid. Uh, and
0: then he, then he has to like go. I've, I've, lo- I've lost the book again. And he's like, Oh okay, well, got, then we have a chase with. Uh, ch- well, they have a, like sort of a chase with uh, Biff, where he gets on the hoverboard. And tries yeah, he to- drops
1: him down with him, and he said, "Can't we just land the, the thing on him and cripple his car?" And it's like, no, that's a nineteen fifty whatever car it is. It's solid. It'll destroy us. So he drops him down on a hoverboard.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, the the sequence where he tries to sort of sneak the car, in and then they kind of have a in-car fight almost uh, while trying to get the, uh, the Almac. And um, yeah, um, yeah, I, I like I like the sequence. It's you know, it's it, it it's well handled enough. It almost kind of redoes the, the mirror a bit as well. So yeah, where do we, we go from here? Yeah, we're really selling this film,
2: aren't we? <laughs> yeah, really, I, I feel bad because like people like. Um... No, no, on our Twitter, for example, it was like, ah, um, oh, what's his name? Simon Hunter. Simon, that was it. Was. it. I, I was going to call him something, but that's the, the editor of um, Geek, then geeking. Um, yeah, sometimes was like, "This is my favourite film ever," and I'm like, "Ah, oh, we need to, you know, not be so down, not be so negative."
1: Why? Right. We're not a fucking jukebox. Put the money <laughs> in, and we'll play the tune you want. It's like Simon will understand. We we've, we've been fair in what we're saying. Uh, the, sure. only thing, the only thing that's been unfair, if you like, from my perspective is I enjoy it more than it's coming across.
3: Oh, sure, Every, everything
1: good. I'm saying is is true to my mind. I'm being very critical of this with bloody good reason. But it's an ingenious idea and I always enjoy Back to the Future too. So if there's one thing that isn't coming across correctly, it's my level of enjoyment to this film. But yeah, it's a mess. It's an utter mess.
0: I, I, I do... I mean, the, the thing is, though, if you'd asked me at some point, I would. This would have been in, in contention to being my favourite.
1: It was my favourite for a <laughs> good period of time.
0: But yeah, you know, and, and largely, it was because of the the last bit as well. It was like I thought it was really, really kind of like enjoy, enjoyable stuff. Um, I know, and, and it's not like terrible. I say it's not terrible. It's it's definitely watchable. You know, it's like you know, it, it, it's certainly better than you know. Well, it's certainly better than like most bad films. I mean, there are definitely worse films that are just like... Even oh, that's,
1: just even like... that's it because yeah. how many sequels just fire up and do another adventure and that's it? They've put some real thought into this. If anything, they've got almost too inspired with it and yeah. piled another thing in and, oh, we can do this and then we can do that and then we can do this.
0: It's It's like what you say, like they tried something new. I like that
1: and I, I'm really glad back to the future exists and I think bizarrely I still think I like it more than three I and mean, we will test that cuz I haven't watched three I'm not ready for that I've done all the prep for three except watch the film itself if you like so oh, wow. although I've seen a lot of it in the background because I've listened to commentaries and things like that I'm yet to watch it properly I think three is a better film that I enjoy less um, but this is ingenious I mean this, this is better than 99% of sequels it just is but you can see that the writing is uh, and it, uh, far too many data dumps, far too many scenes that I'm, I'm not sure they were committing to because they were having to undo ideas that they'd set up in the, the first film. And yeah, just hugely, hugely overstuffed. And I think the first few times you see this film, it just, it almost blows you away with its sheer scale that you go, fuck, now they're going there and then they're going there. And, and, and now the, and now 1985 has changed because of this and that's all wildly impressive. Now when I sit and watch it It's really overstuffed. I mean the alternate 1985 would have made a good bulk of a, of a film quite easily But it's a whistle-stop tour to give us the information we need and then they move on. It's overstuffed
2: They do try to pack a lot in. I mean you said we said earlier It's like oh, it's amazing how much they pack in but then also oh my god, it's amazing how much they pack in mm. um, I think here it really does start to get a bit saggy and baggy for me. Um, they do try to cram a lot of information in such so as, I just can't even speak. We're all having trouble speaking this evening. Very sorry. Um, they tried to pack a lot in in a short space of time, um, which for me doesn't really help things along at all, sadly. Um, but still, you know, I'm, I'm still with them. I'm still here at this point in the film. I'm still ready to go with them on the journey. So where do we go from here?
1: Well, I mean, the gist is this: Biff smashes the shit out of his car trying to, like, you know, crush Marty against walls and things like that. Yeah. The gist is he gets hold of the almanac, Just, and then he finds himself in the middle of the, the, the tunnel with Just his hoverboard and Biff ready to drive at him. It's got long story short, uh, Doc has some bunting that he hangs down from the car, pulls Marty to safety. They go off ready to sort of go back to the... The, the time they're supposed to be in. He sets fire to the almanac. He's picked up a, a little sort of box of matches that, or a little pack of matches that he picked up from the casino uh, or the hotel but from alternate 1985. Yeah, from Biff. And it, changes, it changes back to auto detailing which is what we see Biff do. He cleans cars and things like that. Um, so they, they, we're told as an audience they have reshaped the future back to what it should be um but there have been little dropped bits and they're still pretty good at this the sort of set up and pay off that there have been problems with the time circuits that have been dropped a couple of times through the film Um, and actually if you watched it did it did flash up 1885 but it's something you wouldn't necessarily pay much attention to um as doc is waiting as marty's waiting for doc to pull over because he hasn't at any point been in the car, he's been carried away on that bunting. So again, they thought about that in the writing, that why is he not in the car already? And he's hit by lightning and the car just disappears. And instead of the fire trails being behind you, it becomes like a little circle because he's basically spun on the spot. And then it starts to rain, bang on cue, and the guy pulls up from Western Union with a letter they've been holding for 70 years.
0: Yeah, can you imagine that being like really? I do I really like detail how there, there was like it was very much like a mystery to them. I was like, the, the, you know, "This is a really random request." We, you know, they had a bet going on, see if that actually was going to be a Martin Fly here. Uh, I mean,
1: you'd you you'd be one extreme or the other, wouldn't you? Yeah. In that you'd either go, "We don't even need to turn up. This is fucking bollocks," or you'd be almost like fighting to be the person who took it because it's so intriguing. Yeah. You'd just be, I've, I, let me, oh, come on, let me, I'll go, I'll go. I don't care what time of night it is. I want to see what the hell's going to be there. I yeah. can't imagine there'll be anything, but I've got to see it with my own eyes. Yeah. I've got something for you. And, of course, you think he's going to pull out a gun or something.
0: <laughs> Which is weird, because he's, <laughs> he's nowhere near, like, he's too far too close to be pulling out a gun. <laughs> <laughs> I know,
1: I know. But, yeah, it's a letter from Doc from eighteen 1980, uh, eighty-five. So he's now... In the Old West and he's been living there for seven months I think he says something yeah. like or nine months one of the two um, and he's working as a blacksmith and that's it he's in the Old West he's alive but he's in the Old West and I only know one man who can save him and of course now it just adds to this overstuffed feel that he has to run back into the town which is a mile or two away um, On the timeline this wouldn't work actually because when you think earth angel he was already running late but anyway um he gets back into the town just in time for him to be sent back to the future like a week ago whatever it was the week ago version of him like a day
0: or Uh, so ago
3: yeah
1: Yeah. and uh doc he he, he runs around the corner doc panics and he says i just sent you back to the future no i know but i'm back i'm back from the future great (laughs) scott he collapses to be concluded Comes up on the screen, which is that's lovely.
2: quite a busy day
1: or so for Marcy, isn't it? I know. You <laughs> have <some> fucking sleep. on
2: his plate that day?
1: The to be continued. That's at the end of the first film was only stuck on on like home releases and that. So it, this isn't to be concluded. Was there though? I do remember that. Mm. And then of course we get the trailer for the third film, and the only difference on home releases is it said in the cinema. Coming summer 1990, and it of course it doesn't say that on the home releases now, but it was just it, did, it doesn't that, mind I'm sure it said that on mine. Maybe I don't, I, it's I don't not remember much. this. I think I was
2: like five or something when it came out. Um, and obviously, didn't I think I saw one of the anniversary DVDs perhaps? Um, and then again on Blu ray, um, it came out, yeah, it came out, out of December
1: 2002 on DVD. I'll remember that because I was so fucking excited it was coming out on DVD.
2: Uh, yeah, I think maybe that was like the first purchase I made.
1: So. The film, the home release doesn't have that on the end. I'm not saying there isn't an edition somewhere, but it would have to be a different transfer because why would they suddenly have it on one rogue edition? Whether it was ever on the video, I don't know. Could have been. But yeah, so, and, and it just added to this overstuffed feeling. I mean, it was exciting at the time. It was like, fuck, we got another one and it's only in like six months because obviously in this country we mm. got the second one later and we got the third one at the same time as America, roughly. Um, But it was just like, Christ, we've just been dumped with all this information. Literally seconds ago, it's like, he's in the Old West. And before we got time to take that in, he's pegging it towards the fucking town centre. And then we see the first film's bit again, and then Doc collapsing. And then suddenly we got a trailer for another film. It's like, fucking slow down.
2: (laughs) Take a (laughs) breath, take a breath.
1: It's not that I can't keep up I can keep up just fine but it's like yeah it's too much
0: <laughs> yeah yeah it, it, it was but you know what as you said there, there are much worse sequels than this uh, and, it, and it and it and it is enjoyable it has some nice ideas so <sighs> you know it's it is it is what it is i mean i i i kind of I was kind of disappointed with the quality, but at the same time, I can't say I didn't. I hate this film. I can't say I didn't
1: enjoy my time with
0: it either. So, uh...
1: It's also got a much... Both of these films, this and next week's, has a much brighter colour palette than the first one. It must be different film stock or something, and it looks a lot more cartoonish as a result. I mean, the one thing... Uh, Bob Zemeckis says it's the most interesting film he's ever made, and I think there's something in that. Although he says the impact of a sequel is never the same. I think there's some truth in that. Some truth in that. That's less so as years go by and we get more of them. But he also said that he really regrets it because when they made they made the first, second film and then they took two weeks off and did started principal photography on the third. So as much as it's filmed at the same time, no, it isn't. They're consecutive and there is a slight gap, but it's only a couple of weeks. But then you've got... Um, Bob Zemeckis up in I think it's Northern California somewhere filming the third one and you've got Bob Gale down at Universal Studios uh, supervising the editing and sound mixing of the second film and you've got Bob Zemeckis flying down there at the end of a day's filming watching the rushes and all the rest of it or watching the editing they've done on the second film and then flying back and and i think he spread himself a bit too thin and he says that he wished he'd taken a little bit longer and put a bit more time to the second one which is a very polite way and they've got to be careful on these extras because any film out there, even Batman and Robin, someone who buys it, it's one of their favourites. It, it just by the law of averages, so they can't sit there and go, "Oh, oh shit!" shit. <laughs> but Bob Zeme- I think Bob Zemeckis likes this film in that he says it's one of the, mo- the most interesting thing he's done. But I also think he's disappointed a bit with the end result because yeah, he talks about how he wishes he was there to supervise a bit more, and he was off filming the third one.
0: That probably will show actually to a certain degree
1: so yeah my final thought is that this is probably one of the most unrepresentative unre- reviews i've ever given because everything i've said i believe i agree with but at the outset of this it was like oh, i can't wait to re- review the second one and stuff because there's so much in it and it wasn't from a, a place of i'm going to be really negative but as you sit and look at the film and start making value judgments on different parts of it it is a mess and it's overstuffed and the the, the the exposition in the first film was so cleverly put across and it's data dumps in this film. <laughs> you know, the, the whole point of every generation physically looks exactly the same is something that came along with the second film. We forget it and almost retrofit it onto the first film. No, his parents didn't look like him. And his brother and sister didn't look exactly like his parents and they didn't play them with the same actors and stuff The most cartoonish bit of the first film was that Doc didn't age 30 years in 30 years. He he didn't he aged that a little bit of dryness they put on the skin with makeup to, you know, tighten and cause some wrinkles means that really in reality you probably aged about somewhere between five and ten, really. And, uh, so much so that you can't see it except in the highest of high definition. So you've got a film that's up there with It's a Wonderful Life and any other really heartwarming classic you can think of. And it's followed by, by this sort of Frankenstein's monster that they needed to focus on one or two things. Um, it's almost like they had a debate over four or five different script ideas and all of them won. You know, instead yeah. of saying, Let, let's just do the future, um, I can understand why they didn't stay in the future, by the way, and I think that's wise. But instead of <coughs> picking up later rather than right after the first one and just making up that out there was some interim adventure, they've gone straight to the future and instead of sticking with that or getting themselves back to 1985 and it being sort of a a mystery to try and figure out what they need, you know, how to do it. They've done the future, they've done 1985, they've done 1955, but they've also done, they've also hinted at 1885 and it's all too much. And I think given that they, you know, they painted themselves into a corner with the end of the first one, I can see how it, it, it is what it is. If you look at the trilogy almost as like one long film, doesn't play quite so badly but if if you focus on back to the future for a, an extended period of time only think about that film suddenly when you put this one on it's really cartoonish and that whole chicken thing the film could have done without entirely this <laughs> there are several ways a man can fuck there's, there's several ways a man can organically fuck his life up with with the wrong decisions trust me i know um it doesn't require you to retrofit some emergency fucking character trait on in order to, like, have him screw it up at 17. Anything could have happened between 17 and 47. So I don't like that. But I'm representative in that I really like this film, and I I don't think that's come across tonight at all. But that's all I've got to say on
0: it. It's like, yeah, I, I guess it's like, you know, as you say, in terms of, like, critically if you're going to examine what you know the film the film the film is a mess and you can sort of tear it to shreds but then sometimes you see a film that that is technically bad but you enjoy it for whatever good points it has and and, and maybe just you know sometimes just, there's just bad films that you just go I don't know why but I just enjoy it so maybe there maybe there's elements, elements of that maybe cuz it's Part of a a franchise that you like as well, you know. It's it's still tied to a film that that you love, um, or that we love, really. That you know that that has some resonance as well. So by almost by association, you you, you enjoy it more if you, if it was, if this was done on its own. So yeah, I mean, I don't hate the film. In fact, you know, at one point, you know, it was probably considered my favourite. Um, but I, I I just think the that there are in in terms of script. Uh and you know, when when we look at the first one it was so sharp and so on point. This feels kind of very much like rushed uh, and kinda of, and, and kind of just not not very well thought through and just almost like a that'll do kind of mentality. Um but having said that, there's also a why not mentality, which um as Dave rightly says uh, is
1: worthwhile so uh,
0: yeah, very very mixed bag, but um, You can't
1: hate it though, can you? I don't know. Can you Becca? No <laughs> No, oh, I, hey, yeah, hey. I, I said the same, like, I do,
2: I, you know there are times when I mean the first film is As we said, well as I said, um, one of the best films ever made um, and That's kind of up there with you know, and Kane, Lawrence of Arabia, um 7th Seal Um, All the great classics. Um, And and this film just shies ever so slightly away from that a little bit. Um, Again, there's a a lot on its plate. It's trying a lot to manage. You've got a lot of concurrent timelines going back and forth, back and forth. Um, Anyway, (laughs) it's it's all a little bit too much. Sometimes it does get a little bit too much. Um, There is a lot of retconning involved. Um, I think this is kind of like Back to the Future, the retcon, if it had a subtitle. Apart from part two, um, but again, brilliant performances all around. Makeup, is okay. You know, costumes are amazing, and how they predict 2015. Um, obviously, you know, as you said earlier, they can be quite, you know, go, go very very scientific, or just really silly, um, and they just go go really silly, uh, which is good fun. It's it's quite interesting to see what's come, what's happened, and what hasn't, and also the alternate version of 2015. Which, as you say, become Potter'sville. But again, yeah, it just tries to have too much on its plate. I mean, some parts of it I enjoy, some parts of it I do really struggle with. Um, so, whereas, so for example, I think I would rate the first film like five out of five, and this film I'd probably be middling three. Um, unfortunately, um, I mean, next week when it does venture into the westerns, I haven't seen that film for a long time, but I do remember does the does first Does venture time in I saw all the westerns? It. In all the westerns, yes. Um, <laughs> Um, I, I did kind of really struggle with it. Um, not nothing to do with the, with the Western setting, but it was just I, I was just a little bit. Well, perhaps it was everything to do with the Western setting. I don't know. We'll find out when I revisit it. Um, but it was just I really did struggle, and it was, I just had this pervading memory of it being my least favourite in in the small series. Um,
1: it's always been my least favourite. The third one. and I don't mm, want to talk too much about three. The third yet, film. But it's it's always been my least favourite. But I'm kind of itching to get to it after tonight because I've watched Back to the Future 2 in a very different way tonight. Well, not tonight. It was a few nights ago. But uh, I watched it with a very critical eye, which is what we're here to do. But unfortunately, when you start trying to piece this film together and think about different things and actually think critically about what you think about different things in this scene, it becomes a right fucking mind blower. It's really like, this is too much. They've really overdone this bit and I don't like that bit and so on. The relative simplicity to three now appeals to me as something that's coming to us.
0: Yeah, it just feels more akin to the first, even though it is Yeah, like... It, it does just feel I'm much looking more for western,
1: more as the result of being uh, as a result of being less favourable to this one tonight than I was expecting.
2: Yeah. Mm. So yeah. No, I still, I, still, I still, you know, still enjoy it. Um, it's a fun ride, and it's fun seeing how they fit all pieces together. How they, how they go back, um, especially with the almanac, for example, I um, things about Biff's car, um, and a bit where they where they spike the punch, and that's kind of where his kind of mocking everything comes from, which I think is quite interesting. Um, but it, it just try to juggle too much. Like, for me, um, it does struggle a little bit with that. Um, and, some, I mean, some of the set pieces are amazing, like the say the two types of fashions or the hover cars. Um, but just the vision of the future is, is incredible. But, yeah, just in terms of they try to pack so much into the plot, it really does just become quite baggy and saggy, as I've said before.
0: I, I do think it suffers also from, like, the um, Empire Strikes... Back uh, analogy, you know, it's
1: it's, it's the no the no finish.
0: Yeah, I mean it does. To be fair, it does have an actual arc that that starts and finishes with the Alamac. Um But the, it, but the course, but the the fact that it's a continuation story kind of does make it feel like a little bit incomplete because you know, M- Marty isn't still kind of like stuck in 1955 again. So, uh, yeah. which kind of uh, gets sorted out pretty soon next week
3: so
1: yeah um so moving on to sort of fun facts with this Becca can we start with um you you had a fact about Crispin Glover and I've been itching to talk about this uh, so can we start with that particular fact please
2: yeah if it was we know he doesn't appear in the film he is so not appearing in this movie um no, I, I think it's interesting also i nice think
1: you got knighted then <laughs> On, Sir sorry.
2: Crispin Glover, generally, I think he should get an honorary knighthood. Well, he does. He lives in a castle now, so no reason why he of shouldn't. Of course,
1: he does. He's Crispin Glover.
2: No, he does. Yeah, like in Hungary or somewhere like that. Uh, might not be Hungary, might be like Romania, um, somewhere within Central or Eastern Europe. He lives in a castle, which I think is amazing. Um,
0: How's he managed that? I mean, he's not been in that many films. So... <laughs> no, he's
2: actually done like maybe property investment. Um, but no, he kind of built this, dilapid- built. He bought this dilapidated castle, um, and has basically been restoring it. And that's probably why we've not seen him in that many films. But yeah, anyway, no, I'm just going through the stuff on on IMDb.com. I just think, I, I mean, and, and he says, only 200, 213 and 217 found this interesting. But I think it's interesting. So I'll just read this out. Chris Glover sued the filmmakers as he had not been granted permission to use. They had not been granted permission to use his likeness in part two. Crispin suit named John Doe 1-100 to as defendants, where he would not have to name all of the individuals he was suing. Crispin ended up dropping the lawsuit after the case was settled out of court for no $265,000 by Universal's insurance company, who decided it would be cheaper to pay Crispin rather than to actually go to trial. The Screen Actors Guild subsequently introduced new rules about illicit use of actors. I think that's interesting that they actually changed the law. It always annoys me, sorry, how things like that, it, it takes something like that for actually laws to change, but I think that's interesting how things like that influenced the law and and practice. I just find it quite interesting.
1: What what interests me about it is that um, we get a very one-sided version of this story. Not that it might be completely true, I'm not saying anyone's lying, but obviously I've heard Bob Gale talking about it. Well Bob Mm -hmm. Gale's on the side of the
3: screen.
1: (laughs) Uh, Bob talks about how uh, demanding Crispin and his agent were to come back. Um, Fair enough, okay, let's just say. So we're told a story how Crispin didn't end up coming back. And it sound, it's made to sound very much like his agent's fault, if you like. But, yeah. um, but we also hear stories about the, some of the bizarre ideas he had on the first film. But that aside, he gave a really great and memorable performance. He's, he's a key part of why Back to the Future works. He really is. Um, and the films, the sequels do miss him. And I'd rather have, you know, the George Fly character than Michael J. Fox plays every fucking body. And the fact is... They couldn't come to an agreement with him and then just start started like reusing shots of him, bits of dialogue with him and then dressing someone up to sort of kind of pass for being him without any new contractual arrangement and that doesn't strike me as fair. I can see from my limited understanding why Crispin Glover mm. sought legal action off this. So yeah, but obviously in the end film we end up with Jeffrey Wiseman. Um, uh, who is shot very sparingly. Yeah, you kind of see want, him
2: from from behind or because they uh, through a mirror George, or something like that. They don't like need
1: that. George in this film. No. You it just it kind don't. of
2: surface to requirement.
1: It has to be the night that, like, Lorraine and George are going round to, like, Marty's for dinner. You think, well, it didn't need to be. They didn't even need to be in it. And when you um, have them outside at the end of the film, they don't really need to be there either. I'm no. um, I'm a little uncomfortable with all of this and I can see why he um why he sued, but anyway. What other facts can you lay on us?
2: Um, I feel a bit bad for saying they tried to pack so much in. Um but Carl Sagan did. the legend that is Carl Sagan, um considered this apparently a um considered this to be the greatest time travel film ever made. Um due to its accuracy and handling multiple timelines. Um I just find that mind boggling. Because I think Car Sagan is like one of my all time favourite sci fi authors. Um like Wah? Yeah, but,
1: but like, um, a, like yeah, but he's he's a scientist and exactly, an author. He's not exactly. he's not a script writer. No, he's, he's not a film critic. About If he um
2: I don't I I don't disagree with him. I just sort of i d I'm just I think that fact is is amazing, really amazing. Um and I just have to align my brain with Car Sagan. But yeah, no, I think that's pretty cool. I mean having somebody you know high up like that it's like oh, super cool
1: yeah i don't know it's just you know if he's a scientist it's kind of like well it's not really his... the the ideas behind the film are, are his field but mm, like the no quality definitely. of the script writing isn't no uh, you might as well get script writing advice they're... from wayne rooney it's like it's not what you <laughs> can do is it
2: well it's like bob's mecca's giving advice on how to play football you know <laughs> Um, yeah, so other fun facts involve, um, obviously as we mentioned, The Ledge on the Clock Tower, Broken by a Doc in 1985 is still broken in 2015, and it's probably still broken now in 2017. Um, let's have a look, what else, blah, blah, blah. oh yeah, October 21st 2015, multiple cinemas in the US and maybe in the UK as well Screen this film as obviously it's the first date that Doc, Marty and Jennifer head back to the future. Um, anyway, the last fun fact about this film is, yeah, as I kind of mentioned earlier, um, this film really does use every trick in the book, um, it's quite advanced in its use of um, of visual trickery. Um, so, like nineteen eighty, well, the late eighties, early nineties, you had like CG just kind of coming in, just starting, starting out, starting to be used. Obviously, it would be a good few years before Toy Story would come out, the first CG, fully CGI film. Um, ninety four, ninety five, I think. And you see some earlier Pixar shorts coming out, literally just towards.
1: Sorry, what were you saying? Was ninety four, ninety five? Uh, Toy Story. Toy Story was 95 in America, like okay. November. Or so it something. might be 96 over we, here then, perhaps. Yes, it was.
2: Um, my first memory of that was actually watching that across two CDs <laughs> that my dad had made. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't ask how he made it. Um, I think he probably imported it from America or something like that, I think. Um, that has the accolade of being the first fully CGI film. Um, yeah, so there's kind of like a, a special effect created by ILM um, called Vista Guide. Um, and it kind of eases the effect of having the same actor interacting with themselves as we have routine scene. Um,
1: yeah, it's got elements of like motion control to it, doesn't it? it isn't, yeah, like very that. much motion That's control. That, very that much. It is it multiple it passes and everything in the same place and then you keep getting the same actor interacting mm. with the same environment. You and have, you of have course you that you just annoying
2: put line between, you know, between the scene like you would you know, typically of that day. Um, but I just think it's, it's it's amazing that these effects were it's created specifically for this film, and this film has actually helped advances in cinematography along, which I think is a very fun fact.
1: That's fun, folks.
0: That's so fun! I've just creamed my pants.
1: <laughs> actually, he creamed his pants two years ago, and created an alternate two days <laughs> <not good> <laughs> where he's got crusty pants. Ugh yeah I still have them. washed them. better
2: than Krusty the Clown
0: <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's why he was called Krusty
2: maybe hey hey folks
0: hey hey hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you can find me at Cinematronics on Twitter you can find this podcast at cinematronics.co.uk
1: you can find me at the Kid 1976 on Twitter
2: you can find us on Twitter at expect us to talk on Facebook dot com, expect us to talk, and you can also hit us up on YouTube. Search for do you expect us to talk, and also on Stitcher and iTunes. Um, if you pop go onto iTunes and type in do you expect us to talk in the search engine, search engine in the search box, um,
0: you will find a, a YouTube clip of Sean Connery tied to a, tied to a table saying do you expect me to talk?
2: <laughs> no,
1: Mr. Bond. <laughs> yeah.
2: but literally, if you do. Go to well, At least we, we haven't used that, that in any before. of
1: our podcasts.
2: <laughs> no. Not ever. Not ever. Mm. No, never. But yeah, so iTunes and Stitches and all the lovely uh, ways that you can listen to us in your ear holes. Which I think that's it, isn't it? I've got it all covered. Yeah, besides, you know, we're not on Pinterest or Vine. or not Vine, but. <laughs> Vine? <laughs>
1: can you imagine just doing a four and a half second podcast just to get some... Vine's a lot of technology doesn't then. exist anymore. Yeah, I was going to say, like, isn't,
0: Vine's not around anymore, is it? Yeah, Vine's
2: not a thing anymore, is it? So.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking tenuous in the first place, if you ask me.
2: Uh, it really was. I didn't latch onto it to be honest. I was like, mm-hmm, nope. So,
1: I don't have a problem with it. It's just the whole idea. It just felt like they. It's come up with something that's vaguely innovative somehow.
2: <laughs> yeah, innovative somehow. It's like it,
0: I think the whole thing of it's like quick, be funny.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think you just have such a limited time span, is mm-hmm. not it? So
1: they used it pretty well in Chef, that, that John Favreau film. But, yeah.
2: Oh no, yeah, that, that was good fun. God, don't watch that film on an empty stomach, oh my god.
1: Yeah, I love that film. Not everyone does, but I loved it.
2: No, it's nice. It's very, it's very colourful, but it does kind of make you want to just eat the biggest meal ever. Yeah, it does. But it's really yeah. nice, though. But, enough, no, we
1: went, right, we, I went to see Chef at the cinema because my friend was really keen to see it. Yeah. So, was your friend uh, a it, chef? It, no. Oh. Um, <laughs> it, it doesn't follow, you know. But okay, yeah, sorry. Sorry. But we turn up at the cinema and he was going, I'm a bit worried we're going to be hungry during this, you know, because they're going to be mm. cooking all this fine food. So he turns up with, like, a packet of Skittles or something. And I'm thinking, oh. well, it's, not, it's not really the same fucking thing, is it? <laughs> he, he was like, well, that should help. And I'm like, well, if he's preparing Skittles, then that's fine. If he's preparing some duck dish, I don't think Skittles are going to help. But <laughs> enough,
0: anyway. Yeah, so he just making, like, hard. sandwiches, though, yeah. didn't he?
1: Possibly. Yeah, he does really, doesn't he? Um, it
2: depends if you follow the code or not.
1: This mm. is it. Anyhow, we'll be heading to the Old West next, which means Becca.
2: Do you expect to stalker or return with Back to the Feature Part 3?